welcome to Off Time Jive. My name is Tyler Pino. And my name is Michael Holler. And my name is Tyler Pino. Yes, yes it is. Um, How you doing this week, sir? I'm doing well. Today we are coming to you live no, from... We're no, we're not. So, uh, how was your Force Friday? Were you, you were into that? Oh, yes, that was... Uh, hmm, okay, uh, so, Force Friday just happened recently and uh for those of you that are unaware it was the 4th of september and it was when they were first unveiling launching and selling all the new products for star wars the force awakens which star wars this has been a reoccurring thing i believe it happened with the phantom menace action figure toy line uh which was very popular because i remember there being a dr pepper uh promo and I kept the cans of Dr. Pepper for the longest time. I don't know what the fuck happened to them. Did you end up drinking them? I doubt it, because it, like I had them for like six years. If I, I tried to drink them, that would be awful. I still have uh, I still have the limited edition um, Halo 3 Mountain Dew cans. Really? I do, yeah. I but, have the Spider-Man cans, too. That was also Dr. Pepper. Anyway, go on. But, uh, but yeah, they did it with the Phantom Menace toys, which is really popular successful phenomenon because when they launched the Phantom Menace toys, Star Wars toys had been off shelf for eight years. Um, then they did it again when they unveiled the Clone Wars TV series, the more recent iteration, not the good iteration um, of toys. They did that again there. I went to that midnight launch as well, but I went to... Oh, you went to you went to this at midnight? I Well, yes. I went there at about 10.30 at night in preparation for the midnight launch at cool. the Toys R Us Times Square and Disney, Tours, Disney Store Times Square. Uh, are which they was, the same thing? No. There's a How Disney. are you in both lines? I was awesome. Um, no, but I went to one, then I went to the other. Um, oh, okay. But it, it was it was a very interesting thing because, you know, it's, it's, it's Star Wars. You know, we haven't gotten a Star Wars movie since, like, 1983. Yeah. So, where, you know, everyone was really high energy. Everyone was really excited. Um... Of course, it was all adult males, like, in their 20s to 40s that was at the event because the target audience is sleeping at the time. Um, but there we were. We were all waiting outside of Toys R Us. We were all really excited. And uh, 12 o'clock midnight hit, and they started letting people into the stores. And they had uh, a bunch of Star Wars cosplay groups there. I believe it was the Re Le Rebel Legion was there. Uh, the 501st was definitely there. What does the Rebel Legion look like? What do they dress as? They dress as um, a lot like. of Jedi and uh, TIE Fighter. I mean, not TIE Fighter. Um, X-Wing pilots. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. So, you know, Rebels. Like Red. But that's when I think... I don't think Jedi when I think Rebels. What it do you mean be. they dress as Jedi? Like, you know, the shitty like prequels? Like... In the robes? That's not a rebel thing. It could it be. pre-fucking rebels. I'm not wrong here. It, you're not. No, you're not. But I I guess that's... They had the, the 501st, which it's always a pleasure seeing them, and the Mando Mercs. Um, and I, I really like the Mando Mercs. They're a very inventive, fun group. But they were there. It was fun. Let me tell you, if you've never seen eight Stormtroopers breakdance... Uh, we all have. In synchronous... It's hilarious in and it's sync? awesome. In sync, in synchronous, synchronized. In synchronous. In in sync. In sync was there too. You're they so were dressed <laughs> as stormtroopers, um, but they were there. It was it was awesome. It was fun. Everything was great until you get up to the store and realize uh, that they ran out of stock. This is what I heard from a lot of places. Um, 
Wired did a did an article on that. They're like every Star Wars fan's nightmare, and I was like, I don't really care. But I'm I did. A Star Wars fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, they they ran out of stock. Um, so I was not there. surprising. I was there for about four hours in the night, and they ran out of stock. Did they have like a limit on what you were allowed to buy? No, they didn't. That's probably the problem. Yeah. So by the time I got up to it, they had. Um, it was like three 40 year old neck beards that were like 300 pounds not that that you know matters but it does in my mind and everyone and they all bought and they all bought stormtroopers and i just picture like a line of actual children outside crying (laughs) yeah well that was me that was me i got up to the front of the line and like there's oh yeah there's nothing here you got some swag back there well see it was two of my friends that had jobs actually they didn't want to go because it was gonna it was gonna be really early in the morning so they said oh if you see this go get me that lo and behold the things they wanted were there the things i wanted wasn't there so i got those two things for them and i left just bitterly disappointed but well that's too bad toys r us story management they uh they said don't worry come back tomorrow at nine when we open we'll restock the shelves wait they had the stock yeah why didn't they just restock them? Yeah, that was my question too. But so I'm like, all right, you know, I'll go to sleep for at what point would be four hours? Come back and I'll buy you know a couple stormtroopers and Kylo Ren and I'll be happy and it's great. So I left, went to the Disney store, um, picked up a, a D23 exclusive poster. If everyone saw the uh, the posters that I be I believe his name was uh, Matt Stuzko. Matt Murdock. No, it wasn't Jim Steranko, but it was it was something. Studs- oh, he's an artist. Yeah, he did all the artwork for the Matt six LeBlanc. Star Wars films. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, that's that's the one. Jar Jar Abrams. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so they they had a poster D twenty three, and for some reason they were giving it away here as well. So I picked one of those up, which was awesome. Came home, went to bed, got up early the next morning. Wait, where were they giving them away? At the Disney store. Oh. Okay. But I uh, got up early the next morning. Went back at about 7 a.m., waited in line yet again with another line of people that were, I guess, heard the same news and were waiting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they opened the doors at 9. This is That's rude. a long horn. <laughs> that was fucking stupid. But, um, yeah, everyone went back inside. Everyone immediately made a beeline for the Star Wars toys, realized they had not restocked. All the shelves were still empty. And then it was funny too because like, yeah, we'll totally do it. Yeah, it was we're funny too because because <laughs> I was like maybe They had no stock. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like sixth or seventh in line and everyone it's funny because we all made a big circle around the Star Wars display, realized that nothing was there and all immediately like almost left. Yeah. I stayed behind and I asked store management, like, where where's the rest of the Star Wars stuff? And they're like, Oh, we're looking for it now and I'm like what you, you're looking for it now. They're like, yeah, we can't find it. So I'm like, all right. Are you, you think you guys are going to find it? And they said, yeah, you know, give us a couple minutes and we'll, uh, we're going to check the places where we usually keep our stock and then we'll bring them out and we'll, you know, get the figures out there. So I waited there for two and a half hours while they were searching for their stock and they finally came back and said, 
we can't find <laughs> no, we can't know. find where our shipment went. Like, remember when we said we had stock? Well, fuck you, nerd. <laughs> yeah. So so I was like, oh fuck We're it. We're a you toy know, store. Oh. We cater to children. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I was sitting there, and I had my Toys R Us store rewards card in hand, which which I'm a grown man should put you on some sort of watch list. <laughs> it should. But um, but so I was there, and I'm like, all right, fuck it. You know, I'll get something. Sure. And uh, what they had there was they had for $150, which I think is totally worth it. The BB-8? The BB-8, yeah. Yeah, the thing was fucking cool. Yeah, and guess what? They had a big wall with about 20 of them Mm -hmm. sitting there. And it was on this big display, and it was surrounding a television set that was constantly playing that advertisement that we all saw. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, there's a company called Sphero that made a scaled-down replica of the BB-8 that you see in Star Wars The Force Awakens. His actual name is Soccer Bot. Yeah, his actual name is FIFA. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so the company that made the actual prop in the movie produced a toy version of it that syncs up to your iPhone so you can, you know, send it around, control it, like a remote control thing. Like a it's slave. adorable. Yeah, like a slave one. It's pretty fucking cool. It's pretty fucking cool, yeah. So I, I walked over to the shelf. Were you going to buy it? I, well, I grabbed it, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's $150, but... It's cool. I love Star Wars, and it's gonna be sweet. it's gonna be driving around my room at night, three in the morning, and I'm I'm still gonna be watching it, make circles. But I grabbed it. I walked up to the cash register, and they said, "Oh, we don't have any." And I looked at the box in my hand. And I'm like, "There was nothing in it." But what do you mean? There's like twenty on the shelf over there. And I'm like, oh, we we ran out. But what about the twenty on the shelf? And yeah, and that's what I said. And they're like, "Oh, those are empty." I'm like, "Wait, so you sold out?" And they're like, "Yeah." How many did you guys get? Like, we had a hundred. A hundred? And, uh, and they're like, yeah. And I was talking to people earlier in line, and they said, oh, yeah, they started selling them early at the Best Buy and the Apple stores. And those, Toys R Us, Best Buy, Apple, and Disney. Those were the only four stores that have them. That the had them in the state. Well, okay? The world is bigger than the state. Well, the state. You should have just they, let they it, only sold let them, it They only sold them, to my knowledge, in New York and Los Angeles. That's what I heard. They're on Amazon. Yes, they are. And they're sold out on Amazon as well. Um, but yeah, each of those stores that I listed only got four. They sent them four each. And guess what? They immediately sold out of all four. Toys R Us had 100. They immediately sold out of all 100. So I asked, okay, well, you know, when are you going to get the next shipment? Because logically thinking, if you sell out of a toy, you get another shipment in what? Yeah. I don't know. A week. A week, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I asked the I asked the manager of uh, the people who sell the Sphero toys there. It's like mm. marbles or something. My brains, I, I don't know something. It starts with an M. And they the official response I got was, "We'll maybe probably get another shipment in a couple months, hopefully." Months. Months. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, Do you think that maybe the manufacturer didn't make enough of them? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Because, it, yeah, that to me sounds like... Because, like, the action figures and stuff, I'm sure that they'll get back within the week. I'm, I'm, I am I'm am surprised that they uh, didn't order more shit. Because yeah. from what you're saying, it sounds like they didn't have much of anything. At all, no. So, like, the BB-8, I, I get it. Because that's, like, a sophisticated kind of thing. Maybe the manufacturer didn't make a whole lot. Um, action figures and stuff, 
for the launch for this, there was a tremendous amount of hype uh, around hype it. Yeah. For weeks and weeks. They should have known. Now, granted, like, it's not uncommon for companies to do that. Uh, like, Nintendo did it with the Wii. It's like they could have manufactured enough fucking Wiis, but they're like, they, it, it behooved them because then it ginned up more hype and people would be buying it for fucking ever. And yeah. it did. That console so amazingly, which is crazy because it was just a GameCube with a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> they used the same graphics card. Basically, they they repackaged the GameCube and gave it the remote control. Yeah, they put it in that metal crusher that you see at the end of the first Terminator film, mm-hmm. and uh, you actually have uh, Sarah Connor there. She pressed the button. She says, "You're terminated, motherfucker!" And then just squished the GameCube down into a Wii, and that's what it was. But um, but no, I was about twentieth in line, and got there and everything was gone. That's insane. I'm yeah. surprised that they didn't institute some sort of limit. No, they didn't. Because that just kind of seems unfair. I was there today. When you have a hundred people, probably was, more than a hundred people in line. Oh yeah, no, that that line was a couple blocks long. I got That's out of that damn... store at about two thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and there was still a line outside. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I was there today, and I saw them today. They started printing out signs. It's like, limit three per character. Yeah, that makes sense. Today? Well, today? That's right. Fucking- <laughs> right. Right. They should have done it, you know, ages ago. I'm kind of surprised, being that it was fucking Times Square, though. Yeah. Uh, you'd think that they would have more of everything. You'd think so, too. But have you seen, have you been to Toys R Us recently? Uh, I haven't been in it, but that Toys R Us in Times Square. I know the one. I've been there. Yeah, have you I've seen, actually like, never been inside of it. Actually, maybe I have when I first came to New York. Their Star Wars display is remarkably small. Like, size of this room small. Mm-hmm. Like, it's about 30 square feet, maybe. Yeah, but, like, and, well, for current... Uh, are you meaning, like, always? Well... Or right now? Like right if, now, that's surprising. Well, before, it was the same display, and I, it was, it was about that. And I thought, okay, you know, they're probably going to move it to a different area, have, like, an entire wall... Not the case. It was still this 30 square foot space just with new shit. Yeah? Yeah. You should have gone to the Nintendo store. I don't play Nintendo games. It doesn't matter. I'm an adult. It's fun. Motherfucker. It's I will wait cool in store. line for Star Wars action figures, I wouldn't but not buy Nintendo. anything there either, but like, it been in that store. I like that one. It's like, it's novel. They don't have Nintendo stores elsewhere. No. Toys R Us is everywhere. Except, you know, New York City, because there's could only have- one. Is there? Only one in New York I City. There was one, I'm pretty... Up in the Bronx. That's part of New York City. Well, it's not what Manhattan. What are you, just you fucking hoity-toity? It's, it's Manhattan. Manhattan bitch. It's Listen, it's not within walking distance. It's not in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could have swore there was one downtown. No. Right. But, um, but, yeah, so that was my Force Friday. I absolutely ranted on Twitter about this because I was infuriated which I mean you know as far as first world problems go that's not too bad but um you know the, the night was still fun because you know the 501st Mando Mercs were there hey got Michael where's the Manhattan Mall I believe it's in Manhattan so Toys R Us the Toys R Us Express yeah that doesn't still count. counts it doesn't still count. counts the Toys R Us Express does not count this doesn't say Express it's a I Toys R- I've been to that store. It's a Toys R Us Express. You go to the Mall of Manhattan. I, I've All been there. All of Manhattan's a mall. Right. You go inside there. They don't even have a hot topic. Yeah, but but no. So it was it was really funny. So I was I was really pissed off. 
They have they have a big action figure. It's like a twelve foot thing animatronic Yoda that swings a lightsaber around to voice commands. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Why the fuck does Yoda have a lightsaber? It's the dumbest thing ever. It defeats the whole concept Why is of Yoda. He twelve feet tall. Sorry, twelve inches tall. Oh. Um. Yeah. Gonna say that's like why <laughs> it's bigger out of than all Yoda of the characters be. that you could make into a twelve foot statue. Why Yoda? He's little. He's supposed to be little. You but, could just make a regular sized Chewbacca. Yeah, but uh, but no, it was really funny because where they had the big. I have a picture of the BB-8 display. They had a had a big display, and the advertiser was playing. And the tagline for that toy is, "This is the droid you're looking for." But apparently not, because it's not fucking here anymore. This is this is a sad looking display. It looks it looks like the TV in my bedroom. It doesn't even look like a display television. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it's, there was it's that. Cool. All all the all the Toys R Us store employees had shirts on. And says Destination Star Wars. Your choice for all things Star Wars. Unless you're looking for Star Wars action figures, then you can fuck off. Like, God, it, it no, it was yeah. We have posters. They didn't. Oh. Disney was giving away the posters, yeah. You should have gone to the Disney store first. You should have gone to the Nintendo store. I should have gone to the Nintendo store. They have a section there where they have, like, all the old school Nintendo systems. You can't yeah, buy them. I saw that, and they have the one that survived the fire, yeah, right? Yeah, Fuck. It survived the, the, the atomic bombing Yeah. on Hiroshima. Wait. We've talked about that... On this podcast before. We made that same joke. Wait, on, like, your <laughs> first podcast, I think. That was, like, a year ago. Yeah. But, um, but no. You know, come to find out, Japanese make incredibly cool toys. I mean, I know that for a while, but I don't know if you know that. I was talking to my friend. Talking about, like, those polymer fuck toys? Yeah, that you get in vending machines. Those ones exactly. Lights. Yeah. Adults need toys, too. You get um, one that's, just, like, shaped like Pikachu or something? <laughs> oh, that's not an image I wanted. Um... But but no, like they were, we were talking about the. Uh, I have like a, two common rider belts because I watched that too. Um, but they were we were talking about one that came out in the eighties. It was like nineteen eighty seven. There's a series called Common Rider Black. Now uh, that's racist. It's it, Common Rider African American. He was it's not PPC. Well, no, he was. He's <laughs> common. He was straight out of straight out of Common Rider is what it was. Straight out of Common. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no. Um, Cayman Rider. There was there was a belt, and uh, you could use the batteries, and the batteries make noises. Or you could take the batteries out, and if you wear it while you're watching a TV show, as the TV is playing and the character like says certain key words, the belt will activate without batteries and will like do all these lights and features in time with the one. It came the out show. in the eighties. In the eighties. Wow. I don't know how that works, but it's just witchcraft. They invented you ever, Siri. You ever look at a? You ever look at? They invented Siri in the two thousands. Yeah. You ever look at like a transformer and say, "How the fuck did someone design this?" No. I I do. I do often. I look at it and go, "How the fuck did they do that?" A transformer. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm more impressed with is little pocket pussies that you get in the vending <laughs> machine. <laughs> Who designs that? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> Did you really get those in vending machines? I don't know. I, I would imagine so. You've been to Japan before. You tell us. I have, and I didn't see anything like that. No? They didn't have any of, like, the used panning machines either. Apparently, there's only, like, two or three of those left in all of Japan. Lame. I mean, yeah. oh, wow. I didn't know that. No, super lame, dude. Because I, I, it's not that I would ever buy that, because it's gross. It's the fucking <laughs> used I'm like, I don't know who this came from. Probably not, like, whoever they advertise. It's probably some, like, 40-year-old dude goes and, like, pisses on panties and puts them in the thing. <laughs> oh, it smells like a woman. 
That was racist. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine, like, the job calling for that? Seeking employee to pee on women's panties to be sold in vending machines. Yeah, man. Um, That would be as weird up there as there was a a university, I believe, in Pennsylvania that put out an ad looking for people to grade the quality of their feces so that they could perform fecal transplants from people. Did you not hear this? Wait, why did they put an ad for that? Weren't oh, they wanted people's feces, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not, I mean that's gross, but it makes sense. Because <laughs> like fecal transplants are a thing that happens. Like it's to get the flora that's in your gut. Because some people can't produce that. You've got like living biological organisms in your fucking intestines. Yeah, in the small um, intestine. And people can't produce that, or some people maybe they just lost it. I don't know. Maybe they had really bad Ate too much Chipotle. Yeah, it yeah. happens. Um, so, yeah, you get a fecal... Pl- that's really gross when you think about it, though. Because then you're shitting someone else's shit. <laughs> it's a, I think about that a lot, actually. <laughs> really? Like, Yeah, because I'm like, oh, that'd be awful. I'd rather just... Like, what's the worst that could happen if you don't have that? You tear your small intestine and your feces goes into your other organs. I could live with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't Not in the could. literal sense, but... It's, I don't know, dude. That's just, like, it weirds me out. I don't know why. Like, um, you get, like, organ transplants. That's, I guess, arguably gross, too. But poop transplant. It just sounds so funny. Like, who, who's the guy that thought that up? Probably has a Nobel Prize. <laughs> saved a lot of lives, Michael. He saved a lot of lives, but it's still gross. Anyway, anyways, this 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 podcast we are bringing to you is um, the plan was to deliver fan theories. Yeah, we were going to talk about fan, fan theories. We got some. We've got a couple. Yeah. Um, oh, bring up the thing. You know, I wanted to mention that though. Uh, Kevin Feige. Yes, Kevin Feige. Um, from- First of all, here's what's important: is he listens to our podcast? Marvel listens to our show, <laughs> and because you the exact too. thing that I was bitching about is what they just. Kind of fixed. Yeah, literally, literally, that news came out two days after we put the podcast up. Yeah. So either they listen or we're just psychic. This happens a lot. In, it really in, does. In culture, we're ahead show. of the curb. We're uh, we're very important people. Yeah, good, good job, off time jive. If anybody wants to, you know, start paying us for our services, that'd be nice. And suddenly, money would rain down from the sky. That'd be awesome, man. Get on Marvel's payroll. Like Disney just pays us, they're like, "Hey, you had some good ideas. Tell us uh, what else you hate." Like I could go all day. I'm sure you could, and it'd probably get you to the point where, like, all right, stop. We'll pay you to stop. Yeah. Um. But so you okay? You know that story. You want to go ahead and uh, well paraphrase that. Well, uh, there were some issues with uh, Kevin Feige, who, if you're unaware, is the and if you listen to the podcast, you're probably aware is the kind of creative brain behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Something like that. At He's least like, I, I compared them to a television studio, and I stand by that. If they're a television studio, he's the showrunner. He is uh, kind of like the keeper of the lore in a, in, in a way. Yeah. he He's the one that has the the vision of where the you know the films are headed, where they're going, and how cohesive they have to be. Right. He's now, the one that's like, let's make them all shitty. Yeah. Now... Um, uh, well, not... That's not true. Not true, no. Uh, apparently, there was some disagreements between him and Ike Perlmuter. Uh, who, Ike Perlmuter is the CEO of Marvel Entertainment. Now, 
Is he? He is. He's the CEO of Marvel. Started out in fucking... Toys. Toys. Yeah. Um, Marvel at one time was merged with a toy company called Toy Biz. It was back in the, what, early... Well, it was 70s. in well, 80s? 90s? they've been involved uh, with one another for a while, but in the 90s when Marvel declared bankruptcy. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the ones that bought them out. Toy Biz bought them out. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's so, how I imagine Ike Perlmutter got his, uh, his name on the CEO status of Marvel. Yeah. Also, the one that uh, is not pushing any Black Widow merchandise or movie because he, I had heard that as well yeah because his whole view like, no, is I own the toy company girl. people don't buy girl toys and uh that's false because I would argue that maybe girls don't buy girl toys but creepy middle aged men would buy a black widow listen I hey where's all your girl toys they're up there they I all have, look like fucking power rangers I, well they me. are I have I have Cody Pink and Yellow Buster where are they? Right there. They're in the there. fucking back of the bus. You know, one's in the front there. Which one? The yellow one. It's behind the red one, though. No, they're both. Don't you break the fucking glass ceiling, <sighs> Holler. There's... Don't you put her in a place of prominence. Got a bunch of dicks up there. Are you, are you finished? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to pick up. Defend yourself. Uh, well, they don't sell as many because, lo and behold, in a five-man team, usually three of them are guys. Okay. Yeah, so they don't... The ratio is off. But, anyways. Well, they don't sell as... What do you mean they don't sell? Well, they don't sell Plus literally... that, and all the female ones are mail away but if you're just frustrating. But if we're talking so ratios here... I basically have to send a letter to Japan to get it shipped to someone in Japan someone else has to buy that from that person in Japan bring it over to the United States and then sell it out it's a really complicated process that sounds like fuck that's ridiculous and that's how, that I, sounds, get, that's how I get my action that's like, and that's why they're so expensive it's, it is harder to immigrate to this country or easier to immigrate to this country than it is to buy whatever, action figures yeah. from Japan yeah no I I don't know from first hand experience but you know I imagine what, the process is similar you know what's way easier to buy from Japan just pocket pussies. <laughs> you, you get them in vending machines. You just have them. Tell me, Tyler, them. are those one use only? Huh? Are th- tell me, Tyler, are those one use only? You can get a couple uses out of them. <laughs> you got to be careful, but. Uh... <laughs> can the tagline of this podcast is "Pino fucks an egg." That's not even what I was talking about, but now that you bring it up, I do know what those are. I know what you're saying. All right, isn't that what they're shaped like? No, I. Yeah, well, that's a thing, too. Those are the... Yeah. Are there different things? No, I was picturing something completely different. I was like a, picturing like a fleshlight. They have those, too. Like, it's it's like a fleshlight, but without the flashlight part. <laughs> so instead of it being a flashlight, it's it's a, a, like a Pikachu vagina. I bet they have that. I don't want to... No, don't say that. Don't... Please don't... Please don't put that on my... Uh, oh, there's so much worse in your history. It's fine. Okay. But okay. anyways, so... Pikachu um, <laughs> fleshlight... <laughs> anyway, so Kevin Feige um, had some disagreements with Ike Perlmutter. Please don't tell me you found one. I did. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know what it is. It says hotfur.com. Pikachu, and it's sold. Oh, apparently it was one of a kind. Mm. I, th- oh, this is like a plushie, though. This is like a plushie with a vagina. Oh, God. That's... That is... Why? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, some people, Michael. There are people in this world that disturb me. Anyway, go on. What were you saying? Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, so Kevin Feige um, had some disagreements with Ike Perlmuter, so he went straight over Marvel. And he's still he's still technically an employee of Marvel Entertainment. And went straight over them to Disney. And, uh, you know, had some talks about Disney and where the creative cinematic universe for Marvel was headed. And so uh, Marvel to- was, you know, basically told to dissolve their creative committee. And uh, now their creative committee is a, a team of three people at Marvel who have kind of jurisdiction of what you can include and can't include in the Marvel films. And this team included Brian Michael Bendis. They're like no gay Spider-Man. No gay Spider-Man. No, that was so No woman movie ever. <laughs> exactly, because they don't sell. Um, Brian Michael Bendis. And there's only two black people. And Samuel L. Jackson. But he doesn't count because they look that way in the comics. Well, he was designed to look that way in the comics. Right. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who is a good author, uh, Dan Buckley, um, and Joe Quesada. Yeah. And those were the three uh, people. Yeah, Quesada was on it. Quesadilla. Yeah, Quesada. Isn't it Quesada? Yeah. It's not Quesada. Quesada. It's Quesada. Yeah, I figured. Um, but yeah, so those are the three people that were basically had creative input on the Marvel <laughs> films. It's kind of them, I would imagine, that led to Edgar Wright's departure of Ant-Man. Yeah. Because what they would do is if someone had, like, ideas for a film, they would get back to them with notes, apparently, months later. Like, it would take a long, long time for them to well, get back. it should be said that, like, they uh, they all have other jobs, too. Yeah. But fuck them just the same. Yeah, and they'd, you know, give them notes on production and what they should do with characters, which I can imagine is not only very stifling to creative people like Ava DuVernay, allegedly, or Edgar Wright, um... But, I mean, it, it's also like you're getting advice on your movie from people that have never made a movie. So, yeah, I mean, I can imagine it's, it's very frustrating in both those regards. So, so I don't know. So, they dissolved the creative team of Marvel. Um, and I guess moving forward, they're going to try to be a little more innovative, a little riskier with what they put out. To be fair, a lot of films that we're going to be seeing in the upcoming future have already been into pre-production, if not production. So, we're probably not going to see these changes for a couple years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least... Well, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a while. I mean... By the time they get around to it, like, the superhero craze will be over. You think so? It'll all have collapsed down on itself. Now, they'll still make those. They'll make them for at least five or six years. Five or six years after people start hating them. Yeah. I mean, Steven Spielberg thought this phase was going to die out a couple years ago. Everybody did. Everybody did. Because it only makes sense. But, uh... You know, who knows? Yeah, but you know, to be fair, Steven Spielberg has made comic book movies of his own. I mean, have you seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Basically, a comic book, except a shitty comic book. It's like a comic book. I have it, not seen it. Um, <laughs> you haven't? Oh, it's 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 like watching. Um, I have seen All Star Indiana Jones. That's what it was. All-Star Indiana Jones and Shia LaBeouf the Boy Wonder. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, Anyways, speaking of Marvel, yeah. do you have any Marvel fan theories? I don't think I do. See, I, I have two. Do you? I have two, yes. Uh, the first one is that Professor Storm from fan stick Now, are we talking about the movie or are we talking about the real one? Uh, from the movie, from okay. fan stick yeah. I wouldn't call it a movie. No, it wasn't. It was a series of images that did not play out in any form of sequence. Um, 
he was actually a member of the audience because for no justifiably discernible reason did he need to bring together those four people into a team. It was done because he, like the audience, knew that they had to be the Fantastic Four at some point in the future. Interesting. Yeah, then, I mean, <laughs> I, that's kind of like a, like a meta theory. I mean, it's a tongue-in-cheek look at it, but no, absolutely. None of the, I don't really even think in any carnation of the Fantastic Four, and we I said it on the Fantastic Four podcast, I don't get why any of them are together. I see why uh, Sue and um, Reed Richards are there. Ben has no reason to be there. Ben is like the guy's friend from college. He's like, hey, why don't we, you go to space too, fella? We're, we're drunk and we're gonna have to... Well, I mean, at least in the Roger Corman movie, Ben Grimm was the pilot, you know? Okay, he yeah. He was the pilot yeah, of the... I even Fucking that. way to go, Roger Corman. I never thought I would say that in my life. Oh, the Roger, the, the first one. Yeah. The, the, the one from the 90s. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fucking... Nailed it. Um, but why is Johnny Storm there? He's just her little brother. Why are they going to space? In, in what version of the story does it make any fucking sense? Well, you see, they didn't go to space. They went to an alternate dimension planet. And that's... You know what? I'm fine with that. Like, I, I, I would almost rather have them go to a different dimension. It's At the, least explain they, that it's a different they, dimension and not just a different planet. Oh, no, it was just a different planet. They didn't go to a different dimension. It was teleporting. It was all about teleporting. No, but they said they were dimension hopping in the beginning. Well, it's fucking stupid. It was really stupid. Because, like, his whole really reason to be was to be the uh, first teleporter. But, yeah. Teleporting and he thought he was sending some one... shit to China. Like, seriously. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, no. Based they, they on teleport... what, as well? Like, yeah, he, he just saw sand. the sand. Like, yeah, it's probably China. You know, there's a lot of sand in the world, Reed. Yeah. No, there's not. Nah, there's only, it's only, it's in only the, sand in China. It's only in the... Don't be the, absurd. The, the, what is it? The Gobi Desert? Yeah. But, um... Ah. Man. God, fuck that movie. Yeah, no, they teleported to the, to the dimension of green screen found in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. But, um... But, no, I mean... Honestly, though, the fan theory I have is that Stan Lee, making cameos in all these Marvel movies... I had that one, too, but I didn't write it down. ...is The Watcher. Yeah. Which is probably the most bullshit, unassertive fan theory I've ever seen, but if they pulled it out randomly, like, I'm The Watcher, just on the moon somewhere, and be like, oh, shit, like, yeah, totally. I'd go with that. Well, like, the thing is, it doesn't... It doesn't have to make sense, but the the Watcher is a character that... Doesn't really make sense, right? But it does. It doesn't. It doesn't stand in line with the character as he exists in the comics, I suppose. But why should it have to? I yeah. mean, they they altered a lot of stuff throughout the Marvel movies. Um, edited some characters. I had also heard someone say that he he bears more resemblance to someone else whom I don't remember. Some kind of villain. Um, and when they were describing it, I was like, this sounds like Lobo, but that's not Marvel. And it don't look <laughs> nothing like Stan Lee. Did you, did you see that you, we, we talked about the new Lobo run, right? From the new 52? Yeah. And the first um, issue was him killing the old Lobo. Like, that's not Lobo. I'm surprised that's not a part of the DCU. I think they got rid of it. Did they? I think they canned it because they knew everybody hated it. Yeah. I mean, who thought that was a good idea in the first place? I, whoever, I don't know. I'm sure it was George Lucas. Yeah, he was like, I have an idea. 
I have no idea. This I, is the first time we're seeing Yoda break out that little lightsaber and, you know, go to town with it. Jar Jar is the key. He's, if we can get Jar Jar working, because he, he, he's a funnier character than we've ever attempted. He's a genius that... He's a visionary. See, and you know, the, I guess the redeeming quality about Fan Forsick was that I now no longer look at the Phantom Menace as being the most insufferable piece of shit I've ever seen. Yeah. It's now second on that list. I don't know. I feel like I could sit through Fantastic Four again before I could sit through Phantom Menace again. Really? And I also feel like even though it falls completely apart in the second half of it, at least the first half looks like a story. He started <laughs> to set some stuff up that ha- I, I went I nowhere. Assume, yeah, well, I would assume that if he had his like original script, undoctored script, it would have made sense. I don't think it would have been good still, because watching the first half, it still wasn't all that great. But it would have, you know, made sense as a coherent narrative. Arguably, Phantom maybe. Menace. Well, I, it was so stupid and trite, but it. Phantom it was Men- underwritten, uh, but it was the, written. All the Star Phantom Wars Menace prequels, didn't make any fucking sense. No, none of the it Star Wars like prequels, he, they, they give conflicting information like within the same scene. Mm-hmm. Like It's it's like they filmed the first draft. No one proofreaded it. No one saw it and be yeah. like, hey, what about this? You know, like there was no Lawrence Kasdan for that. There was no one to... There was no one who was fluent in the language of writing cinema. Right, present. well, just writing it all. I mean... Stories follow that basic three act structure, and Phantom Menace looks has like has no structure. Yeah, it has it's, 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 it doesn't make sense, Michael. It's a bad movie. Let's it's just say a it's really a bad, bad movie. movie. Anyways, m- moving on. I'm breaking new ground here. We're not. Um, we could go for an entire podcast talking about the Phantom Menace. Yeah. What else you got? Um, James Bond. Uh, Time Lord. Bond. Oh, I haven't heard this. No? No. If you're familiar with Doctor Who, you have the concept of the Time Lord, who is an alien being. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is not immortal, but he is one person. He has a singular identity. Okay? Carries through all his memories, generations of all his past. However, every time he's put into a state of extreme danger or has been mortally wounded, mm-hmm. he will go through this process called regeneration. And under this regeneration, uh, every cell in his body will kind of reinvent itself and he'll become a completely new person physically uh emotionally mentally he'll still have all the same memories he's still technically that same character but he looks sounds and acts differently than than he did in the past this is why doctor who has been on for 53 years at this point and i don't know if you know i don't know if you know this they're both english they are both english that is correct so it's the Mind same thing. Bond. Yeah. Um, James yeah. Bond is a Time Lord. I mean, the other big James Bond theory that, that everybody knows is that it's a code name. Yeah. It almost supports it with the films, um, with with Judi Dench and uh, John Cleese being the same. M. M. With different actors. Granted, yeah. they never come out and say it. but Or Q, the new quartermaster. Although, it, I, you can't really say that that theory holds water anymore because with um skyfall we know that that's his hey, yeah his name is actually james back. bond yeah and maybe it's just a coincidence the, with specter still my head cannon you don't get to tell me what to do <laughs> yeah with specter that skyfall had a really weird third act as well but with specter um that movie as well you see christoph waltz 
calling him, you know, actually James, and it sounds like he knows him on a personal basis again, so it just reinforces that. Mm-hmm. I'm the architect of all your pain. People are saying that he's going to be Blofeld. Yeah, before the scar? Yeah. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. He didn't even always have a scar. Like, when he was uh, um, um, Charles Gray, I don't think he had a scar, did he? I don't know. I can't remember that. But honestly... And you only lived twice? I can't remember. I, but I, honestly, like, these, the new, the Craig Bond films have gone back to a lot of the source material of Bond. I mean, Spectre was something... This Spectre is not a new concept. Spectre was introduced in Dr. No. Um, that's how old it is. It's just we're finally seeing that kind of actualized now. Mm-hmm. Um, Casino Royale is the story of how he gets his double O status and subsequently gets his balls crushed, and that's why he's like never... They, you say status like they say status. Because that's why, what did I say? Said. You said status? Yeah. It's The word is status. Oh, well, whatever. This is America. And then, and then subsequently gets his balls crushed by uh, also say Le schedule. Chiffre. Subsequently gets his balls crushed by Le Chiffre. Um, and, Le Chiffre. And I imagine that's like he continues having sex after that as well. Um, then no one was ever bought. Why are well, your you balls had a so ball flat? Crushed. I, it wasn't crushed. Twisted, but not Close crushed. Enough. Um, it's murdered. Exactly. It tried to kill itself. Suicide. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, there's that. Um, another James Bond theory is if you've ever seen the film called The Rock. Ironically, not starring The Rock, um, but starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. Sean Connery was originally arrested and imprisoned on Alcatraz uh, in the 60s for uh, stealing American state secrets as some form of British secret agent. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Sean Connery also played this other British secret agent at one point. Oh, yes, in um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, I, I was He played a say, Spaniard with a Scottish accent and a Japanese sword. I was going to say Turner and Hooch. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, Turner and Hooch. Um... But yeah, no, there's that. I mean, that's just kind of spitballing. And I think Michael Bay did that because he's like, hey, he was a spy once. Let's make him a spy again. Michael Bay is the most creative man of our generation. Yeah, he's right up there with um, Joshua Trank. Yeah. 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 I don't know. What do you, what do you got? Do you have I have any a Bond lot of things. Theories? I don't have any Bond theories. Yeah. Um the one that always pops up is the code name thing, but I feel like that, like that's why I even discuss it. They, everybody knows that. They may as well be canon. Then they went and fucked it all up with the. Uh, you know, there was Greg. actually some James Bond news recently. With, um, did you hear the current author of James Bond? Like he, someone asked him what he thought of Idris Elba being Bond. He was too street. He was too street. Good lord. How did he think that, that was going to end well in any... I, well, here's what he did. Because he, he named another black actor um, in, in Idris Elba's steed. He was like, this would be a better one. But at the same time, it's like, you're, you're, you're a writer by trade. Choose your words better. <laughs> like, I, I, I cannot think of a, a worse way to say that you other know, that than is, that is something Donald being Trump like, he's point. a big old N-word. Well, Donald Trump did that at one point when he was... 
back when Obama was first running for president, he was like, if Obama releases his birth certificate to the public, I'll donate to whatever inner city charity program he wants. Yeah, but the thing is, Donald Trump is a he's cartoon. A <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's, there's nothing about Donald Trump that's respectable in any way. You know, so. think, maybe Donald Trump is actually Colonel Sanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Colonel Sanders is also Colonel racist. Sanders is back in those KFC commercials. I know, and I'm fucking like, you want creepy. Why do you want to bring back Colonel Sanders? Like, this is a man who looks like someone that walked straight off the set of Django Unchained. Like, you don't want this. Yeah. Um, he's still in the logos. Anyway, I have a couple of things. Um, where to start? We were talking about uh, a couple of episodes back. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yes. Are you familiar with this? I am familiar with the Why program. were we talking about that? We were talking about uh, 90s cartoons. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the quality well, A, of- that's not a 90s cartoon. It's like a the mid-2000s. No, early no, 2000s. It's, is it early 2000s? I thought it was late 90s. Okay, say early 2000s. All right, continue. Anyway. Premise of Courage the Cowardly Dog. He is a he's a small dog that lives with his two elderly uh, owners in the middle of nowhere. And a lot of crazy things happen in the middle of nowhere. Anyway. He lives with two elderly. Old fucks. And a bunch of monsters come. Yeah. It's basically Power Rangers, less the Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the theory is that... Uh, these things that we see, all of these crazy things, and it was such a disturbing cartoon show. Oh, yeah. I remember like being like traumatized, it would come on. absolutely traumatized. Because I used to fall asleep with like the TV on, um, and I would always change the channel when Courage came on because came on right before like Adult Swim in the early 2000s. I was like, no, I can't. I'm just gonna change it. Put it on <laughs> Disney Channel or something stupid. I don't know. Just masturbate you know to Hannah Montana before you fall asleep. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was in you know my mid twenties. Don't lie about. I don't think there was any overlap with uh, Hannah Montana and Courage. I don't think they were on at the same time. No. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disturbed that you know so, that. Why would I not know that? I don't, I don't know. Just continue. Continue. The theory is. That all of these monsters are not really monsters. Um, they are just regular old people. Uh, and he's seeing them as monsters because he's a small dog and he's afraid of everything. The reason that he thinks he's in the middle of nowhere is not because they live in a house in the middle of nowhere and they're fucking moisture farmers. Um, they live in a regular neighborhood, but they don't walk them because they're old as fuck. <laughs> so he doesn't know anything beyond his general surroundings. Um <laughs> Uh, there is actually show-based evidence to support this. In the first episode uh, of the television program, they're, cha- they're attacked by a giant bird creature. And uh, she kidnaps Muriel, and Courage has to go find her. Um, and then at the very end, they just do this little absurdist twist where... Where she's the, having, like, tea with the giant bird thing. Well, the, she's got all of her bird babies, and she's yeah. coughing up worms, and then... Courage gets there and she finds out that she was just watching the bird babies and the yeah. mom's like thanks for watching while I go off on my trip to Florida and she did say Florida there's a lot of creepy stuff that happens in Florida <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah I, I, I feel like that's probably true I feel like that's gonna be my headcanon for Courage from now on this is normal shit that's probably that's probably oh that has a lot of validity to it especially cause you know birds are fucking creepy 
Yeah. And they fly to Florida for them. Yeah. I don't know. But, and also, like, there are times when main characters are maimed and transformed into other things. There are uh, times where horrible things happen, and then at the start of every episode, nobody remembers. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just South Park, where it's they, like, they kill Kenny. Yeah. That, or it's alternate dimensions... And every episode is an alternate timeline. I feel like that's every episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that's that's very interesting. I thought you were going to drop a fucking South Park theory. I was excited. I, no, I have There's got to be theories. But there, there has to be theories of South Park. Why they've been in the third grade and the fourth grade for ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting fact about dogs. If you, ever, if you have a dog and you ever wondered why they're so excited when you come home, uh, it does go back to that whole pack mentality of dogs, and when an animal usually does leave the pack, they pretty much leave to go to their death. And so every time you leave, it thinks, oh, you're leaving the pack, and you come back, like, oh, yeah, you're not dead. I so, thought you were dead. Yeah, so every time you see your dog, just give him a hug and tell him that you're not dead. My dog is dead. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. Don't Please don't dig up your dog again. He's cremated. Please don't dig up your cremated dog again. Here's a bunch of dust. Please don't snort the dust again. Ashes to ashes. Funk to funky. I thought you were going to say dog we to dust. Major Tom's a junkie. Do you have anything else? Um, I have a few yeah, things. Going back and forth. But, uh, I, I have a lot of things, too. I kept we won't looking, get to them all. I just kept Googling fan theories, and none of them were really substantial. I do this a lot. I've been wanting to do an episode like this for a while, because I just go on these fucking, like, rabbit hole journeys through fan theories, and <laughs> just one thing leads to another, and I'm like, holy fuck. This is so much more interesting than the shows themselves half the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Some here's, of them here's are really weak, like, though. Then. Here's one that you'll like, then. Um, the Dark Knight Rises. Why would I like that? Because Bane was actually on Batman's side the whole time. Was he? Yes. And the theory is that at the end of The Dark Knight, it shows that, you know, Batman is taking the heat for these three murders. Still couldn't figure out who the the three dead people are. For the life of me, I can't figure it out. Um, But, you know, they, they have that line where... He's the hero the city deserves, but not the one it needs right now. And instead, they take Harvey Dent and put him on that pedestal and say, he was the hero. Batman was the, the corrupt one. So at the beginning of The Dark Knight Rises, you see Bruce Wayne is a bitter, broken shell of his former self. But don't worry, that can be fixed with a knee brace. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, suddenly Bane comes to town. And Bane and Christian Bale, as, you know, not Bruce Wayne, have very similar traits according to that film's canon. <clears throat> Batman, on his own accord, was excommunicated from the League of Shadows because of his own twisted ideals of justice. Bane... Really excommunicated. He blew him up. He blew him up, yeah, which I imagine... Listen, if that doesn't... I don't want to kill anyone. I'm going to blow you all up. <laughs> if that doesn't get you on like a bar's blacklist, I don't know what will. Like I'm sure I'm sure if you went back like, oh Bruce, we missed you. No, I'm sure he's like, no, you're you're gone. Um Bane also excommunicated from the League of Shadows. Um the reason they give is because they say, Whenever my father looked at him, he just saw me or something, or his failures or something. True. That sounds bullshit. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, Bane's perspective of justice was different from the League of Shadows. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, the League of Shadows 
believe did have a right. sense of justice. Yeah, yeah they were, just, they were, uh, the they, greater good. Yeah, the greater good. Stop I, it! I don't really that's understand a, like what blowing up Gotham would do. That's a that's a that's a reference to uh, another Edgar Wright film. The um, greater good called Scott Pilgrim. What? No, it's at world's end, you dumb fuck. No, it's Scott Pilgrim. I think you know what you're saying. I think you're wrong. But um, but no, and they also have very similar things. Um, Bane has a line in the film. He says, "No one cared who I wait. Let me. No one cared who I was until I put on the mask." And then Batman. Really, no one gave a shit about Bruce Wayne until the Batman showed up. No one cared about Jim Carrey until he put on the mask. And his also eyes true. bulged out of his house. Wait, uh, are you... He went, yeah, but, wait, but that was... Uh, wait, are you talking about Jim Carrey from The Mask or Jim Carrey from Amazing Spider-Man 2? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I meant that was uh, Jim Carrey from uh, Batman Forever. He was in that? Wasn't he? Yeah. 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 But, um, but yeah, no. I always mix up those titles. Batman Returns Forever then and Robin. And then again... Batman again. But, uh, which... Has that come out yet? May as well. I really... Now, I really want to read that. That's the one Joel Schumacher is writing about the continuation of Batman and Robin. What he wanted to do with the following I film. really wish that that actually was going to happen, like, the comic. Wasn't it? He talked about it. Some, it was a rumor. He shot it down, yeah. But, um... And then, again, like, he... He confronts... You know, Bane appears, and that's what brings Batman out of hiding. He confronts him... He breaks his spine and he shows him that you are merely a mortal that cannot defeat the luchador. Um, that's the actual You're line. You're not a god. I never said I was. Black versus blue. You're not Superman. Day versus night. God versus man. The red, red keeps coming. <laughs> but, um, but no, he breaks him, shows him that he is kind of that man. And not the symbol of justice that he initially wanted to be and needed to be. Mm-hmm. So he throws him into what we'll call the Lazarus Pit, that giant, that giant prison thing, because he does reemerge from that. that. The night that I saw that movie, I was like, "Oh, it's Nolan's Lazarus Pit." Yeah, exactly. I made that up, internet. You could thank me for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he rests. He's recovered. Um, he climbs out of the pit. Which, uh, again, without the rope, which I always thought that was fucking stupid. They're like, All right, you know, you can't make the jump because you're not afraid. That's a concept that doesn't have anything to do with physically not being able to make a jump. And if you want to say, oh, the, the rope was holding him back, that's, that's fucking stupid. Um, no. Okay, so he makes that climb. And when he emerges from that Lazarus pit and for some reason lets out all the other prisoners that we don't know what they did, um, comes back to Gotham. Mm-hmm. A new man, and he has become that symbol of justice, and he has taken on that almost prophetical Jesus-esque status, where all everyone in Gotham City is like, "Do you think he's coming back? He's going to return one day and save us all. He's the Messiah. I mean, the Batman." Um, so yeah, so he finally becomes that symbol of justice and hope. And when he's talking later to Catwoman about, you know, he hasn't given them everything, not everything. Not yet. Uh, he's not talking about giving his life because that he's already given to the city. But he's talking about giving them Batman as that symbol of hope. So mm-hmm. even when he shows that he's dead and gone, 
allegedly, because some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. You know, if <laughs> that line existed in that movie, and by God it could have, had every reason to, I would have forgiven every flaw with The Dark Knight Rises. I'd have been like, Christopher Nolan is the greatest director that has ever lived. He's the greatest actor, true director of his generation. But, but, um, but no, he, he, you know, he, he does that, and Gotham City immortalizes him as that bronze statue and sees him as that symbol of hope. Mm-hmm. You think on that statue? They would have had another Batman, but unfortunately, fucking uh, Robin Batman died on his first night. Yeah, he, no he fell off a building. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you ever think like also, someone was the bat suit didn't fit? He like, <laughs> the helmet just fucking fell in his eyes. <laughs> his cape got stuck in a revolving door where he I, got gunned down. How do I fly this highly complicated? Oh shit! God, God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> And it no, what blew happened? up the orphanage that was now Wayne Manor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Man. A couple orphans snuck into the Batcave one night when they were exploring a blow-up Wayne Mansion again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, you think like when they're designing that, that statue, that bronze statue of the Batman at the end of Dark Knight Rises, someone was like, why did he have a mole right where right next to his eye? <laughs> <laughs> hey, doesn't someone else I've Wait, seen have man. that? Doesn't... I'm pretty sure someone has a very distracting mole right in their eye. Um, it was uh, Batwing. Yeah, it was. It was Bruce Alfred. Man. Oh, there was another theory that uh, Alfred was actually Bruce Wayne's father. I've heard that one. Have you heard that one before? Yeah. But go ahead and explain it. I mean, you you're more familiar with Batman, so if you I'm heard of this- more familiar in general, but I I believe the basic concept was that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, like the reason that he stayed all that time was is it was his actual son. He fucked Martha Wayne in the butt. That's not how sex works. I, I mean, that is how sex how works. Sex can but work, but it's not that's how, not how pregnancy not comes baby. about. That's not where it's babies not, come from. You know, babies don't come from your butt. I don't care how how big your shit's been or how many fecal transplants you've had, but that's not how yeah. it works. I don't know. I don't know. Like, what are the specifics? I haven't. Uh, I just. I mean, there weren't really any specifics. They're just like it's. Yeah, like, you know, how, how much he cares for Bruce. Yeah, it's kind of a common trope in fan theories. Is like whenever I've buried enough members of the Wayne family. I'm not gonna bury my own. But then, like, why raise him as a Wayne? Well, he's, you're not gonna give him the name Pennyworth because that name's just stupid. It's uh, too bad. Bruce Pennyworth. I'm Bruce Pennyworth. <laughs> I'm Justice. I am the knight. I'm the penny man. <laughs> See, and that's that's where initially what it was was uh, Batman when he retired and found out that Alfred was actually his father and that he was not a Wayne but a Pennyworth. He changed his superhero pseudonym to Dollar Bill, where his cape got stuck in a revolving door and he got gunned down. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Dollar bills, y'all. Dollar bills, y'all. Dollar bills, y'all. And that's what the Batman the Animated Series um, main title call was going to be had they eventually gotten to that point in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the thing about fan theories that I've come to find in like reading all of these on the internet? Everybody wants every story ever only to take place in the character's head. Yes. Yeah, a lot of that is a lot of that is true. That that happened with Minority Report as well. Yeah, yeah, there was one at the end of Minority Report where it's all like a fantasy. Yeah. 
I want to say there was something with Batman with, uh, of it being like a dying fantasy as well at some point. Speaking of which, have you seen the documentary Bat Kid? No. no? Oh, have you the, heard of that? Was it about the Bat Kid, the cancer boy? Yeah. That was a really insensitive way to say that, but it was the first thing that popped into my head. I mean, it, it is true. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's almost insensitive the how they monetize that. Do they monetize it? It's a movie. Okay, well, the movie then. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking just like in general. I'm like, yeah. how did they monetize it? You want to see, see the bad kid, you have to pay a dollar. No, um, yeah. no but anyways, uh, what else you got? Uh, a couple of things. Um, one... I was on Pokemon, and then I got a segue into Digimon as well. Um, here's the thing about what this one, though. What is Pokemon? It's like, it's you know, the thing that Digimon is derived from. Okay. And this other oh, wait, 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 wait. makes that canon. <laughs> well, Digimon was better. It's just not true. It's, it's so true. Simply not it's, true. It's totally true. The TV show, perhaps. That's was, fine. Yeah, yeah, the TV show was better. Um... But just as an entity, I'm like, what? Where was your? Where's your Digimon trading card game? And Nobody's you know, trying to shoot that hey, up listen, in the news. They never, they never used trading cards in Pokemon. They did in Digimon. Oh, I don't so give you a shit can about fuck that. off. Did they? They did. Digimon Tamer is the best season in that show. I only know the first season, and I only vaguely know that. That's the only one that I could put a picture to. Watch the, watch Digimon Tamers. Pokemon, Michael. The games, anyway. I, don't, I didn't go into the anime, because they're not the same thing. The Red Theory? No. No. Um, there's a couple of that. I read something about that, too, but I was like, ah, it's kind of half-baked. Where they're like, Red and Ash's Red is Ash's older brother. Yeah, I read one where Ash is Red's father. Which made slightly more sense, but still doesn't. It doesn't. Whenever you probe into any of the Pokemon theories, they just fall apart. Um, yeah. Except for I mean, one. especially ones regarding, like, the big Pokemon war. The big Pokemon war. No, this is true. Yeah, this I is the one right here. Okay, go for it. How does that fall apart? I want to know. Well, I'll, I'll explain it. Pokemon exists in a dystopian future. I combined two of these and kind of made my own theory, but... Not only does it it's exist in a plagiarism. dystopian Orwellian future, it's not plagiarism if it's a fucking fan theory. I'm not publishing this for money. We don't make money on this. <laughs> we lose money on it. <laughs> we lose money on it. Uh, consistently. Um, it takes place in a dystopian Orwellian future under an authoritarian dictatorship. And there was a great Pokemon war. Actually, that is canon. That's the end of X that and Y. Canon? That's canon now. That's literally the end of X and Y. That's why I did it like a little amendum at the end of it. Listen, listen, like they listen. Talk you know what else that. is canon in, in Pokemon Y? What? Child pedophilia. Yeah, that as I mean, well. Technically speaking, that's redundant. <laughs> Child <laughs> pedophilia. <laughs> it's when children rape other children. Speaking of which, is it pedophile or pedophile? It depends on where you're from in the world. It, in England, it's pedophile. Is it really? Here, it's pedophile. Okay. This is just a simplified version. So, but and like in America, like, we, we call it pediatrician, not pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, it would make more sense. But like in the simplification, it's the same reason we say fe- like they they say fetus as well, but they spell it f o e t u s. That looks like fotus. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking fotus. Anyway, let's fucking finish about this Pokemon shit, man. The Great Pokemon War. This uh, is about real grown-up life shit. All right, continue with your Pokemon pen fan theory. <laughs> um, so 
It takes place after a great war in which the reason that this makes sense to me is that what the fuck else? Like, why is Pokemon the center of this entire universe? Everyone in this world exists to train these weapons. That they, for some reason, don't use on other people. And the Pokemon War was canon in the fucking first game. Lieutenant Surge talks about it. Yeah. He says, uh, in the anime, he says that he served with his Raichu, and that's how he met him. Um, Wait, Pokemon were with him? I thought it was humanity fighting Pokemon. Oh, no, no, no. It's humanity fighting humanity using Pokemon. Oh. Which, in that world, what, are they going to use bombs? See, no, the, the, the one that I was thinking was... Um, it was, was humans it, versus Pokemon? Yeah, and what it I was was that. there was one Pokemon game where you were, like, the only human in the entire game. Yeah. And uh, and there was a whole thing where you were the last one alive because the Pokemon wiped out every other human. Interesting. Yeah, but maybe, maybe that was a Pokemon... Maybe that was after they I realized... Mean, that, I don't think that's a game that exists. I think that would be fucking, easily verifiable. Yeah, what fucking was that? Like, I remember talking to someone about like that like a creepypasta? Where they're, like, writing about a ROM? I have no idea. I, I heard that in high school. For some reason, it stuck with me, and I always thought, maybe that's how Call of Duty changes up their formula. Maybe instead of re-releasing the same shit with a different skin every year, they're going to really innovate with their audience, and instead, their next game is going to be a collaboration with Nintendo, and it's going to be a first-person shooter, but you're shooting Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I bet you that shit would sell like hotcakes. I'd play that. I would too. They'd never, they'd never do that. But they fucking. Uh, there was an episode that where they have guns in the Pokemon world in the anime, anyway. Yeah, wait, well, not in the American version, but the Japanese one, yes. Yeah, and they um, go to the Safari Zone, and there's he doesn't use the guns. He's just this gun nut. Well, which you'd think that would mesh well with American culture. It, well, Jesse and James shot up a store once. Didn't hurt anyone. He just kicked down the door and shot up the entire store, and they had to remove that from the American That's version. So fucking great. Why wouldn't that be in the show? They're so incompetent and stupid otherwise. I'm like... They are incompetent. Give them, they were incompetent give them something and scary. stupid with guns as well. Well, I mean, I, I guess you can't give incompetent, stupid people guns in America because that, you know, you're supposed to watch it to escape from reality and that is basically reality But it's America. like the Safari Zone thing, that episode, like, the guy had guns and he was just a gun nut. I think he threatened to shoot Ash or something, but... So... I would... Everybody would want to shoot Ash. He's a little fuck. <laughs> terrible a terrible trainer. Um, He's a 10-year-old Pokemon trainer prick who can't allow anyone else to get, you know, shot. shot. I'm going to wait for this one to go because it's right fucking there. How's about about we start playing this game, but instead of alcohol, because it's not allowed in this building, I will give you shots of Lihimoy powder, and every time a siren happens, you have to snort one of those. Why would I do that? I mean, because it'd be funny to watch you suffer. when you drink shots, it's enjoyable. Is it really? Is that what you call it? Yeah. I've never understood this whole concept. I'm going to go out, get so fucked up that I don't remember what I did with my well, cell that, phone. That's I'm going to break four different relationships. I'm going to break that's, down my kitchen door. That's different. I mean, that that's doing it to excess, but drinking is enjoyable, and that's why people do it. Are you sure? Anyway. I, a, wise man once, a wise man once said, I'm drinking to remember. Yeah, that was, okay. That was Hugh Jackman at the end of X-Men Origins Wolverine. There's nothing wise about that. So, this theory hinges on the Pokemon games, not so much the anime. There's a lot of different shit in the anime, I suppose. Um, basically, no one, with very few exceptions, 
in the Pokemon games has a father, which is a common trope in fiction, but this one, it's just inexplicable. You always mm. have a single mother. Or a grandfather. Right, or a grandfather. Now, the thing is, there is a stunning lack of military-aged men in the Pokemon games. Yeah. Unless, the unless you're Gary Oak, exist. in which case your grandfather's disappointed in you and disowns you. And when your rival wins, fucking Professor Oak came. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I came when I heard that you... <laughs> what are you beating me for? Like, hey, Professor Oak, did you hear Ash won the Pokemon tournament? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he can't even remember his grandson's name. He's like, oh, there's my grandson. What was his name again? <laughs> Fuck boy. Oh, yes, now I remember. Fuck boy. Um, so, yeah, there's no military-aged men. And the ones that do exist, they're either gym leaders. Or the doctor. Yeah, or uh, which doctor are you talking about? And it was in the anime. Bill? I think so. It was when Pikachu swallowed that whole apple and then... They enlisted the help of Team Rocket. In the end, he ended up... Why would they enlist the help of Team Rocket? Because, like, there was, like, a, a big medical emergency. There was a bus crash or something, and a bunch of Pokemon were injured. But, like, when you say Team Rocket, was it Jesse and James, or was it, yeah, like, it real-ass... Yeah, Jesse and James, yeah. Like, real-ass hood fucking Team Rocket. No, ones that were, like, throwing grenades in that one movie. Yeah. Oh, doing that, yeah. Um, no, it, it was white-suited Team Rocket, not black-suited Team Rocket. They're black-suited now. Are they black suited the now? Incarnation, yeah. For some reason, I I would assume that all of the rest of Team Rocket switched now to white. white yeah, and they're like, no, you're still the retard. You're still the retard. Yeah. So we finally got our black. Oh, you are ridiculously incompetent. You've been trying for 15 years to now catch one. to catch a Pikachu. You've encountered so many other. They just you're the worst. You guys are the worst. But now. In terms of like military-aged men in, in the Pokemon world, they could either be gym leaders um, or academics of some sort, like Bill. I brought that up. Uh, Bill was the guy that did the Pokemon PC system. Like when you catch more than six Pokemon, it goes to a computer. He was the one who designed that. And all of the other ones, they're either criminals like Team Rocket or they're... Rich people. Wait. Yeah. James's father. Now, in the newer games, there are other... And even, well, like, Silphco, but I would count them as, like, uh, scientists. And they're all in the service of Pokemon. So that theory states that there was probably... It, like, it was, like, the World War One of the Pokemon world, where it just killed an and, entire generation of people. Yeah, and there was, there was actually no Pokemon fighting. They took all the Pokemon there and realized it was futile when your enemy uses mustard gas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very... Very tragic lesson. So, I don't know. I feel like Pokemon would trump mustard gas. Get a giant fucking, like, Pidgeot, get a fleet of Pidgeotos and do World 1. Pidgeotto is a pigeon. They make. Pidgeotto is a large pigeon, but. If you, they control the weather and shit. You ever, you ever know? Plus, some of them make poison gas. Listen. Cobra built the weather dominator machine. They didn't. They didn't conquer shit. There's a theory that Cobra is like a. Uh, I don't know. It's not a theory. That's an actual. That's canon. What? They own like a like a department store, and they just have a paramilitary branch for some reason. Well, I mean, they always had this. There was always this one Cobra story called um, a town called Springfield, and it was this town that Cobra is based at in like Midwest where America. Simpsons live. And uh, is it really? It's is. Do you not know that? I didn't know that. No, I don't watch The Simpsons. Um, yeah, but you don't know. But 
you're culturally illiterate. Your face is illiterate. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but no, and it's it's this one town that Cobra. That's where they started. That's what they occupy. That's who they are. And so everything is built around this almost Pleasantville-esque society where everything is all happy-dory, hunky-perfect. And some citizens of Springfield know about Cobra and how, you know, under the, the basketball stadium, there's just like a fucking fields of his tanks. Um, and some people don't. And they had a lot of the Crimson Guard stationed there. And the Crimson Guard were those people in the red uniforms with mm-hmm. the red helmets and the black face plates. They're really awesome. It's the only G.I. Joe figure I've bought like with every iteration they've made. Yeah. Um, but no, they they were not only in Springfield, but they'd be placed throughout society. And what they would do was um, they were Cobra sleeper agents. Mm-hmm. Not sleeper agents in the American ultra sense, but they were agents who operated in daily life, but if the call ever came like from Cobra, like they were police officers, mayors, firefighters, things like that, if the call ever came through to like raise arms for Cobra they would don that red suit again and, you know, fight for Cobra. Right. And that's who they were. And um, how did I segue into this? I don't know. Yeah. We were talking about Pokemon. Now you're talking about Cobra. I don't know. Anyway, let me finish this. this um... Departments were, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Pokemon. Oh, okay. So, all right. Yeah. So, the, 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 it's the war theory. So, we got that. That's more or less, I think it's, I, I, it's not that far-fetched because, uh, there's a Pokemon called Farfetch'd. It's not <laughs> that, it's not that out there. Because they literally, like, it is canon that Pokemon are used to fight wars in this fucking world. However, I think what's a little bit more interesting, there was another theory that uh, it was a really, really half-assed fucking creepypasta that somebody wrote uh, talking about how Pokemon were originally people and then through some series of science mishaps, they... Became poke. It was the worst fucking thing I ever read. Shocker. But it did get me to thinking. Like common rider. It is quite evil. Shocker. Yeah. Turn um, them into kaijin. I think. Seimaru. I don't know what you're saying. Shocker. I think that the universe of the Pokemon games takes place in our fucking world, way, way into the future. After humanity has already eradicated almost the entire world. Now I think this. And that's why everything is again lush forests. If you look at the Pokemon games, well, I'm getting there. You look at the Pokemon games, the first ones are clearly based on Japan. The Kanto region is where the Indigo League takes place, and that's Kanto in Japan is like the big island. Um, fucking in Pokemon, I think it's black and white, I don't really remember. Um, the region is called Unova, and it's based on New York City. Um, you look at the map, and it's Manhattan. And then you have, uh, you know, uh, Long Island and a little bit of New Jersey. And that's, like, the region. And that's actually canon. They based it off of that. It's true. It was the first one that was set in America. Um, (laughs) If you look at it, like, you have... Okay, so you have Manhattan. Think of it like a subway map. You have downtown. And it's, like, a big, bustling city. Then directly above that, you have this huge crater. And it's just barren rockland. That's where you go to... Meet the uh, be uh, the, do the rock Pokemon shit, um, and above that is Midtown. But like, there's just this big blank fucking blown up place, and it's like, wow, is that their ground zero? Do they not know how big the 9/11 attacks were? Because it didn't take up. It, it, basically, 9/11 in the Pokemon universe completely wiped out all of downtown. Like, there's no Greenwich Village or East Village. That's all gone. It just straight it's just to Midtown. Midtown crater fucking financial district. <laughs> Um, anyway, 
And then uh, the most recent one is set in Kalos, which is Paris. There's the Eiffel Tower and everything. Um, so my idea was fucking Pokemon were bred for, you know, weapons to be instruments of war. They were uh, created genetically. That's why they all look like regular fucking animals, most of them. Some of them look fucked up, but this is thousands of years Some in of the future. Some of them do look like enemies from Power Rangers. Some of them do. Like, we'll take a sponge and, can you know, we'll throw it together with a pigeon. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a Sorbingimon. So, the idea that humans created Pokemon, that's nothing new. I didn't come up with that. However, at the very end of X and Y, the major plot point in the game, I know this because I just beat it. Um, Those games have plot? Barely. Scarcely. This is why it's so easy to make fan theories around. Because if you're not going to write your universe, I'm going to do it in my head. So fuck you. You can't tell me this isn't true. It's not like Mortal Kombat that has such a vast, expansive lore that, Mm. like, fuck. Yeah. But they they had to reboot it ten games in to be like, all right, we're taking a step back here. So there's this character in X and Y who inexplicably is like a thousand years old. Don't explain why. Don't even... I don't even think they say what his name is. But, uh... He created during a great Pokemon war, and they call it the Great Pokemon War, at the end of this game, he created a weapon, utilizing the power of some legendary bullshit. It doesn't matter. Was it mustard gas? But, had the weapon gone off, it would have eradicated the world. My thing is, like, it probably went off. That's when um, the world was wiped out. And then they fucking bred all of this other stuff. And this is why, in the world of Pokemon, even though they said the original ones take place in Japan, this one takes place in America, this one takes place in France, they all speak the same language, they all look the same, there's no, like, racial diversity. Um, All of the animals are kind of the same. Well, that's true of the real world. But everything is controlled by this one thing. These fucking the authoritarian dictatorship. Pokemon takes place in North Korea, but it's a global North Korea that actually won. They eradicated people, then they repopulated. That's where we get Pokemon. End of theory. Segway into Digimon. Digimon is derivative of Pokemon, obviously. However, within this fan theory, Digimon are literally Pokemon that have been corrupted. Now, we talked about the PC system. You catch more than six Pokemon, they go to a computer. Pokemon are converted to data within this world, which is strange. So, in this theory, it says that, well, when you put data into a computer, you have to give it a file name. What would, if you had to spitball and say, okay, this is a Pokemon, what's the file extension? .mon. Um, every fucking Digimon ends with mon they're a corrupted file. Now, when you release a Pokemon in the video games, you don't take it out of the Pokeball and say goodbye. You just hit delete. It fucking, it releases them into the computer. So I assume that they all live on the internet like Ultron. And eventually they're (laughs) corrupted into these grotesque monsters that populate the YouTube comment sanctions. And, (laughs) clearly, like, I don't know. Fucking Agumon is just a retarded Charmander. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. Can you say retard anymore? I meant... I meant retarded American. What's the PC term? (laughs) 
Oh god, okay. That's the end of that one. Because <laughs> it came up with the Pokemon search. I'm like, oh, so and is that what granted them the ability to talk then? I don't know. It's all made up bullshit. Figure they're on the internet. Then they're in a digital world. They're in a digital environment. Well, how do they explain that in Digimon? What? What the fuck is the digital world? Well, did you- Why does it exist, and why does it matter? Well, Digimon Tamers takes place in the real world. I don't give a shit about Digimon Tamers. I told you I don't know the first one. I didn't watch all of the first one. The first one I didn't watch all sucked. of it. I've seen a couple episodes. The first season Lead sucked. character's name is Ty. They're bringing... Aren't they having an re- anniversary? It's like a 10-year anniversary, kind of like they're bringing back all the characters from the first season of Digimon. Mm-hmm. I am and they're the all wrong like person to ask that question. Yeah. I, that's a thing that's they do, Well, actually, no. They did it like the movie, because I do remember there being a second season that was different people. Yes, but you have the people from the first one. In yeah, it. and they're no, a little they're, bit older. Like, it's coming out this time. year or next year. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's like Decoranger 10 years after. It's They like, bring back the whole cast of Decoranger, because it's 10 years, and you see where they are now. Mm-hmm. Pokemon has finally circled around and started ripping off Digimon. Really? How's yeah. that? They have the Mega Evolution now. Oh, God. I was talking about the Nintendo Store. I went there for the first time, like, about a year ago, and they had, like, this retarded-looking Mewtwo. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Does Mewtwo have an evolved form? That's dumb. Technically, it does. But it's a mega-evolved form. You have a stone or something. It's, it's bullshit. But um, during battle, the Pokemon could evolve into a bigger thing. Some of them can do it. But then afterwards, they just go back. So it's And do they, like, it's like together like a Voltron? Huh? Do they link together like a Voltron? No, that'll be in the next game. See, Pokemon has got to start stealing from Super Sentai, where you can get like four Pokemon and then combine them into one, and it makes Super Mega Ultra Zord Mon. Honestly, I'm shocked that that hasn't happened yet. Yeah? Literally shocked. Japan only seems to have like three or four genres of things. Yeah, there's, kind there's, of there's Tokusatsu, there's horror, and yeah, that's all I got. And porn. <laughs> Thank you, Japan, for tokusatsu horror and porn. Well, like it's our first official Japanese porn. It's our first official off-time jive T-shirt. There. <laughs> Thank you, Japan. Tokusatsu, the ring, and porn. And it's really weird when they all cross together in some weird. They call it midnight tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. Or it's it. There's boobs and then transforming what was the third one and it's scary yeah there you go yeah go watch garo garo is a good show watch garo guro garo go look up guro please don't <laughs> and uh and then leave tyler a section of comment in the section below about how much dick he sucks post a comment in my web zone um, uh, do you have anything else? Like what is? Yeah. Um. Oh, the happening. See, this was actually a theory that I came up with when that film first came out. Now, if you've ever seen the happening, the happening, I have unfortunately. You know, it's an awful, awful film, and there's a lot of stories surrounding. It almost that. circles back around and becomes awesome. Like it's that bad. Like it's 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 an amazing experience, Come and it's on, not guys. like Troll Two where it's. Don't you care about science? Yeah. Got to outrun the wind. Gunshots! Gunshots! Oh no! What? Oh no! What? No! 
I, what does the fucking old lady say? Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Oh, yeah, that was, that was it. Uh, what was it? I hear your I whispers know you're gonna kill planning me on stealing steal something. What? what? No, Miss no. Peters never. He literally says, like, and then, what? And then he says, and then she says, plan. He's like, I know I hear your whispers at night. Planning on stealing something. What? Miss Peters, never. Planning on killing me in my sleep? What? No. Have you ever heard, like, M. Night Shyamalan's excuse for his ineptitude? Well, I mean, He's initially like, in the trailers, like, he was saying... Like, in a lot of the teasers, like, when they're, like, M. Night Shyamalan's first rated R movie. That blows and then, my mind. And then like he the says... the Sixth Sense wasn't rated R. And then, well, then he says it... Fucking... The, the, the Sixth Sense, the scariest thing about the whole fucking movie. Horrifying imagery the, in that movie. Well, I mean, not just the imagery, but, like, the concept where there was a... If you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, spoilers, one of the scariest parts to me was always that the mother killed her own daughter. Yeah, yeah. The, that uh, was fucked up. Um, but no, and M. Night Shyamalan in the teasers, if you, you can go back and see him going, people left the theater shaking. They were so afraid. Like, people were so disturbed by what they saw. I was very disturbed by what yeah, I saw. Yeah, and then the movie came out, and it's like a B-movie. It was like, it, God, the scene. Oh my God, with the Which fucking one? lion. Oh my God! Are. Look at this! Look at this! It was that's the great. Well, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> um, Good Lord! So the happening. What, what's your theory? Well, see, it wasn't actually the trees that were producing chemical and killing people. What it was is the film was actually really meta. And everyone at the time was still on board with M. Night Shyamalan's career. Now, Lady in the Water was a flop. The Village was poorly marketed, also bad. I'd say it was his kind of his last chance. But that was and his the, last chance, the right. The trailer was cut really well. Oh, yeah, like, the people trailer were really excited. Super interesting. Yeah. I was really excited for The Happening. And this movie came out. And it's not necessarily a chronicle about the trees emitting this gas and killing people, no. It's about M. Night Shyamalan's career. People saw this film just realized that film was dead as a genre and then just started killing themselves and the movie is about Matt da- not Matt Damon Mark Wahlberg who has ne- has obviously never seen a movie in his life because if he did he realized that why am I a teacher I look like almost every cop and every crook that's ever been in a theater um so obviously right there doesn't watch movies mm. doesn't know what's going on People are killing themselves, and the story is told from the perspective of people that don't go to the theaters. Because, you know, you have those people who are like, oh, I don't watch movies or anything. I'm good with my Scrabble. Yeah. Um, it's about them, and they don't watch theaters. So when people start killing themselves because The Happening was finally released in theaters, they don't know what's going on. Because you've met those people who are like, there's a new Star Wars? I'm like, no shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, The Happening is just really meta. It's about people watching The Happening after The Happening. Yeah. I guess say it. Blows your mind. A little bit. So, hey Arnold. Now this one, I'm pulling part of it from a really horrible, another really horrible creepypasta. A lot of these start off as creepypastas and then kind of snowball into actual, like, full-blown theories. But the part of it that I did find interesting 
was I just I didn't know that this was an actual thing. So Arnold um, has a football shaped head, right? Yeah. And he's everybody in that show has oddly shaped heads. They all kind of look fucked up, but they're. Arnold is the only one that they actually metacontextualize it and comment on it in the series. Are you are you going to pull it back around to that movie, The Hills Have Eyes? Almost. Really? Okay. Continue. A little bit. Um, so. Did they not see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and realize you can survive nuclear fallout by getting into a refrigerator? Apparently not. Um, so in a creepypasta, which, again, like, if you just take the story element out of it and just present it as a fan theory. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Um, they're talking about how it's obviously set in New York City, which it is. I know that's not a fan theory. But uh, Gertie and Phil, his his grandparents, in this theory, Speaking are which, his actual the coolest parents. room ever. Yeah. Ever. That's pretty mm-hmm. sweet. But it, it says that his grandparents are his actual parents and that the idea that his real parents were like adventurers that went off and got in a plane crash is the most absurd fucking thing well no 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 he's arnold's is actually oliver queen and his parents died in a lion safari right well they didn't die if you saw the movie they come back or something which the movie doesn't count like in amazing spider-man 2 how peter parker's dad is exactly like that it was like the same kind of theory uh or the same kind of uh, story listen peter i know you're mad but I stayed away from you to stop Oscorp from getting at you, and I know that's kind of a moot point at this point, because the last two films have been about Oscorp getting at you. I can kind of see where I fucked up here. It's awful. Um, but it, it, it does stand... Like, literally, it stands as this bizarre thing in an otherwise very grounded children's television show. I mean, weird shit didn't really have like when you compare it to other Nicktoons and other cartoon shows it was a very kind of like slice of life thing it was just mm, kids growing up yeah. in the city um but for Wait, whatever reason fairly odd parents didn't happen to you yeah it does but I don't remember because I grew up and didn't need them oh um so this postulates that his grandparents are his actual parents and the reason that his head is fucked up he has hydrocephalus. Now there is a form. Hydrocephalus is in the hills have eyes, like the guy with the giant head, like the 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 brains of the operation, if you will, the guy in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. That's hydrocephalus. It's okay. The thing. Um, usually, when it happens to people, they don't survive past infancy, um, but sometimes they do grow up to be football head dude children. There is a form of hydrocephalus called Arnold Chiari Syndrome. Good God. Like, that's an actual thing. Um, it doesn't make their head shaped like footballs, but it, it, it's interesting that his whole definitive feature was that he had a fucked up head. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm like, well, yeah. And the thing about Arnold Chiari Syndrome, it happens, these sorts of deformities happen a lot when your parents, like if your mother is older. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually women that have children, uh, like after maybe their fifties 
40s, usually not regular childbearing age, there's you're more prone to genetic deformities. And I'm like, then they tried to spin it into this. I like the story was in the, it's the completely fictional island. They weren't trying to call it a fan theory, but the story was that the creator had met this kid in the ghetto. And my favorite, uh, my favorite phrasing was they're like, was well, he went to the poor part of New York City, and I'm like. Which part is that? <laughs> um, there's lots of that, but apparently there's only one poor part of New York City. What is it, the Bronx? Because it looks like they live in Brooklyn. To me, Hey Arnold looks like Brooklyn. You know, I never knew the Phillips screwdriver was the one with the T on it. <laughs> you think it was named after a guy named Philip? Man, that guy Philip must have had one fucked up shaped head. That was a, it was a red versus blue reference. Yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like it looks like Brooklyn. You got Manhattan in the background because you always see like big skyscrapers off in the horizon. And that or he lives in Jersey. Brown and Jersey is just all sorts of fucked up. I don't know what Jersey looks like. <clears throat> I've never been to that side. You know what's the best compliment I've ever heard from Jersey? What? Well, I mean, there's good views of Manhattan. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I guess it could be Queens, but it looks more Brooklyn-y to me. Anyway. Anyways, what else you got? Well, I have a couple of other things. Um, I saw something on there about Rugrats. Rugrats, yeah, the Rugrats story. It's, again, it's this idea that everything is going on in the character's head. Mm, with Tommy? Yeah. Well, you know, Tommy this... was actually the showrunners of uh, Rugrats. We're very big Doctor Who fans. Really? Yeah. That's why in a couple episodes... Classy Chupo. In a couple episodes, you can actually see, um, like, there's a Dalek toy in the background oh i do remember hearing about that and yeah. the whole thing too is tommy is a person who's very you know against violence and his best companion is his what his handy dandy screwdriver oh yeah that was they kind of abandoned that plot device well fuck you too they don't know it's the i remember that it's i'm not arguing it i just remember that only being in like three or four episodes like towards the front though Really? No, I always used to remember him. Unless he pulls I it out, of, he pulls it out of his diaper and unlocks the. Which thing. is really awkward when his mother sets him down wrong. Mm-hmm. So this one, it's a famous creepypasta slash fan theory. So a lot of people have probably heard it. It kind of, I don't know. The idea is that Angelica is the only one that exists until the birth of baby Dill, but she's got mental problems. And uh, it just goes and explains all of the Rugrats themselves. Chucky died with his mother, and that is why uh, his father's a nervous wreck. But I'm like... "Mm." Is that why he has an an Audi belly button? We covered that in one episode. If your belly button is an Audi, that means you're an alien. That means you're dead. Or dead. You died with your mother. Yeah. long time ago. That's exactly what that But means. I'm like, well, Chaz is probably Belly, a nervous wreck. are fucking weird. Mm-hmm. You ever think like they could just at one point unravel? They can't. Are you sure? Yes. How? <laughs> we could have a hernia, but they don't unravel. They what could. Do you think they are. I don't know. An I imagine, belly button I is at, just... I look at a belly button and, and what I think of is like a balloon when you tie it off at the end. That's what it looks an like. An Audi belly button. It's like when they cut the umbilical cord. If they don't cut it all the way, that's what a fucking Audi is. It doesn't it, just pop out randomly. But it, what if what if the belly button just unravels <laughs> and you won't. fall apart? Are you sure? Have you ever heard of anyone unraveling? No. No, that's because the government covers it up. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> 
Thanks, Obama. Thanks, that's Obama. Catchphrase. <laughs> that's, a, that's someone's catchphrase. Um. So, but I'm like, well, he, you know, Chaz is probably a nervous wreck because his wife just fucking died. I mean, think about it within the context of the show. It was like six months ago. Um. Anyway, I think he's doing pretty well, all things considered. Uh, Tommy was a stillborn. And uh, Is that why he has no teeth? Yeah. That's how that works. Stu is always making toys in the basement for the son that he never had. Um, Phil and Lil were an abortion that, for some reason, in this theory, Angelica would know that uh, the DeVille mother had an abortion. And so she never knew if it was a boy or a girl, so she picked both. But that's fucking dumb. This whole thing, I don't like this one. But, uh, 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 Dill eventually is born. He's a real person. But she can't distinguish between um, her her figment babies and the real one. And so she gets really mad at him because he's not going along with the machinations of her schemes and obeying her every whim as, as these imaginary babies do. So she beats him. He becomes retarded. That's why he's fucked up and all grown up. Now, I don't know why the other former babies also exist in all grown up. <laughs> They're probably part of her scheme again. I just don't know why all of these, they want them to be... I think, you know, okay. I think it worked once. And then the fans of the internet just Hollywooded it. And they're like, it worked that one time. So I'm going to apply this to every fucking theory. Well, you know... I don't know which one the one that birthday, worked was. My mom and dad would say, you're another year older, another year wiser. And you still but go to school. But I still to go school. to school mm-hmm. to get an education. I don't know, you're failing at that. <laughs> A, you're going to film school. B, you're not even really going to film school. <laughs> uh, uh, so... That's the Rugrats theory. The other one, a much better version of this particular trope is the Ed, Ed, and Eddie theory. Did you watch Ed, and Ed, and Ed, Ed, and Eddie when you were younger? I did. I, really I remember didn't. they, they I... come up with the most cockamamie schemes mm-hmm. uh, to try and, you know, weasel 25 cents out of people. I remember this one episode, they built a fucking moat. Like, it was a six-foot deep moat that they built mm-hmm. and, like, filled it with water to head beat, and then people had to pay like a quarter to cross the toll bridge which is the dumbest fucking thing because gotta get them jawbreakers though you gotta walk around i remember the funniest one was they were saying like annoying christmas carols and they'd have to get 25 cents for them to shut up really that was brilliant Mm -hmm. and you know why they were always able to hatch these cockamamie schemes and pull them off well they didn't pull them off but they did set them up it was because they were all dead because they were all dead now, this is a hugely prominent fan theory that's been around forever, and so were uh, those, the setup of it actually reads kind of eerily. Were the three girls, like, just necrophiliacs? No, they were demons. Now, in this version of the, the reality, this got so big that the uh, creator of Ed, Ed, and Eddie had to come out and be like, no, this was not my intention. Um, but good on ya. Yeah. Well, he said, no, it's not true. And I'm like, you can't tell me it's not true. Once it's out in the world, it's not yours it. anymore. Yeah. You made it, but uh, now it's... Unless you're George Lucas, unless you can be like, I gave you Star Wars and I'm going to take it back. I'm taking it back. I'm petitioning the Library of Congress to have you all killed. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, first things first, Michael. There are never any adults in this show. It's also an endless perpetual summer. Um, there's never any adult supervision. They're always doing things that could kill them, but they never get killed. And their tongues, oddly, they all have this like bluish tone. Dead people's tongues turn blue. Um, now, each of them came from a different time period within the parlance of this theory. Uh, Having trouble with your papers there? I am. Well, what's wrong? You fucking tore them to pieces. Well, that doesn't sound like something I'd do. Oh, well, that's interesting. So the first one born was Rolf. He was born in the 1900s. His family, I'm just going to fucking read it. Michael. Okay. His family had moved I'm to proud Peach. of you. His family had moved to Peach Creek in order to establish a farm on the land. Rolf died in 1903 when his family farm animals stampeded and trampled him. This was the supposed reason as to why he only has one cow, one goat, a few pigs, a few chickens, not enough animals to cause a fatal stampede in the afterlife. Next was Johnny 2x4. I didn't know that Wasn't that was his dish name. Bat? No, no. No. He's one with Plank, right? Yeah, he's the kid. His um, last name is 2x4? I, I would assume that they just call him that. It'd be really crazy specific if his last name was 2x4. It's just like Scar in Lion King. It's like, not even like spelled out. It's just 2 times 4 Well, I mean, I've seen like girls with the name L-A hyphen A, and it's Ladasha. That's not real. It's, I've seen it before. It's not. I I, it's real. I don't believe it. Johnny 254 came next to the cul-de-sac not too long after Rolf's death. Having no friends, like Michael Holler, Johnny took a marker and drew a face on a piece of wood and dubbed it Plank. He died in 1922 after fighting a long battle with tuberculosis. He took his friend Plank... It's oddly specific. It was the 20s. Tuberculosis was the thing. Uh, he took his friend Plank with him to the afterlife since he was the last thing he saw in life before he died. Eddie came next. Uh, regular old Eddie. Which which one is that? He's the the, the schemer, the like the short shorter one? one, yeah. With like two strands of hair? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He was born in New York, but eventually moved to Peach Creek during the Great Depression era. Always trying to get a quick buck, he set up some scams to get money from the cul-de-sac kids. After one of his scams went awry, Eddie was chased and swindled by the children of the cul-de-sac and ran to the lake and jumped in, and he's no longer alive. Eddie still tried to chase after the almighty dollar by continuing his swindling nature in the afterlife. Ed and Sarah, Ed is the tall, stupid one, Sarah's the little the red-haired girl, yeah, uh, were the next to arrive at the cul-de-sac. Their father had died during World War II, uh, or the great Pokemon War, and as a result of as a result, their mother became distant and disconnected. To try to compensate, Sarah developed her bossy attitude, trying to, I don't know what this word is because you tore my page in half. <laughs> <laughs> tried to take on the role of the mother and the father used to fill before the father died and the mother stopped caring. Ed, however, shut the world out and delved into fantasy worlds of comic books and monster movies in order to escape an unhappy life. They both died in a freak car accident in 1953, thus joining the past kids in death. Nas was born in the 1960s era of the hippie parents. She's a little hippie girl. Described as a flower child, she was rather flirtatious as a young girl and would always act that way towards the male children of the neighborhood. 
In the summer of 1969, a serial killer escaped the local asylum, made his way into her house, and raped and murdered her along with her entire family. Do you think he raped the entire family? Simultaneously. Because, like, you'd think that, you know, I don't know. Um, because this event was so traumatizing, Nas, like Ed, shut the world out when she entered into purgatory, and this also explains why she's not working, shown working around the house like the other children often would. Ed and Double D, or Ed slash Double D, is a smart one with that, was born in the 80s time period, which is around the time that technology started advancing and was raised by very strict controlling parents who pushed him to both succeed academically and to be perfectly cleanly and neat, much like Michael Holler. He is believed to have either died as a result of a gas leak, much like Michael Holler, causing an explosion with Bunsen burners from his chemistry stat. Kevin was born the day Double D died. He was born to a broken down house, and he also had an abusive father because of the situation at home. Kevin would act out his frustration on the other children of the cul-de-sac, becoming a bully as a result to cope with his pain. One night in the winter of 99, his father fatally beat him in a fit of drunken rage. He died while he was on his way to his hospital. Jimmy was the last child to enter the cul-de-sac. He was born in the 2000s, was diagnosed with leukemia. He, was never, uh, he never associated himself with the other cul-de-sac children because his parents believed he was too frail to be around other kids, and he remained bedridden for the remainder of his life because of this fact. After fighting a long, difficult battle with leukemia, Jimmy eventually succumbed to his illness, and soon the cul-de-sac purgatory was complete. The Kankers were different than the other children. It is believed that they were actually demons that were sent to the cul-de-sac to torment the souls of the remaining children who didn't cross over to heaven. The Kankers are the only characters with normal colored tongues, which would seem to indicate that they're not dead and that therefore they must be something different. Surprisingly, the Kankers are attracted to the Eds for unknown reasons, because the Eds were fucking hot. However, one common guess is that they, they are the weakest willed children of the cul-de-sac, or because they each symbolize a certain deadly sin. But there's only three of them. Yeah, they. I mean, there's only three deadly sins. Oh right. There's there's greed, there's intelligence, and there's chinlessness. Uh, cheating at Scrabble. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's one. You know, I always thought like there was one episode where uh, two of the Eds found No Chin Eds like stash. It was like a box under his bed, and there was a magazine labeled Chicks, and they're like, oh yeah, like I know what he's got, and they opened it, and it was like baby chickens chicks. And I always thought that was slightly more disturbing. <laughs> In other news, um, probably the biggest fan theory that there has been in recent memory, at least regarding what I know, was a theory in Mass Effect 3, the indoctrination theory. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's another one that, you know, allegedly takes place in the character's mind. Um, I assume, like, if you're a fan of Mass Effect, you know this theory already, because the original ending of Mass Effect 3 was so insulting, everyone was trying to grasp onto some form of knowledge that this isn't what it is. It's, come on, like, come on it's not, it's not that bad, right? Mm-hmm. It, and honestly, it was that bad, because they came out with the extended cut, um, after seeing the uproar of absolute hatred, 
um, it, it was it, it it caused quite a controversy because it, Mass Effect Here's 3 was controversy. Mass Effect 3 was advertised when you as, say certain words Englishy Mass Effect at the time was advertised as the most talked about game ever which more talked about than Boggle uh, are you talking about Peggle which is a game and not a Peggle? sex thing <laughs> I swear to God, um, I'm like boggling, but <laughs> you get fucked in the butt. <laughs> I don't even know what boggle is. <laughs> I know what pegging that's, that's is. That's mind boggling. I don't get it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, and the theory was uh, at the end of Mass Effect Three, the whole series was based around like you know choice. And decisions that you make in the first game will drastically impact how the outcome of the second game is, and the third game, and so on and so forth. It was very intricate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third game kind of streamlines into streamlines your ending into choice A, choice B, or choice C. Right. But all those endings are basically the same, but they're colored slightly different. One ending is green, one ending is red, one ending is blue. Now, while they did address this issue and fix a lot of the problems most people had with it in the DLC, the extended cut... Um, it had a lot of problems with this and fans myself included had a lot of questions that were unanswered um for one the ending of mass effect is basically like the reapers are on earth that's where they make their central kind of base of operations so you get the entire galaxy's fleet whoever is remaining and you assault just the reaper fleet on earth Mm -hmm. and you you know you travel in the system using mass effects the mass effect drive core field um, Mass Effect relays, what they refer to them as, and this is what causes faster-than-life travel, and you can go from system to system in a couple hours. Um, and the ending of Mass Effect Three, with whatever ending you choose, uh, it shoots a beam out of this thing called the Citadel and destroys all the mass relays in the galaxy. Now, it seemed a lot at the time like no one proof- proofread this ending because it was established in Mass Effect 2 that when you blow up a mass relay, it exterminates all life in that solar system mm-hmm. because there's so much element zero packed into it, so much like minerals that when it explodes, it's just so catastrophic that it will rip apart an entire solar system. Sure. Uh, so potentially it, when you did that at the end of the Mass Effect, it blew up every single mass relay, mm-hmm. which would have, again, potentially killed everyone uh, and even if it didn't, that meant that now hundreds and hundreds of ships were stranded in the soul system, which has just been devastated by a war. A lot of these species don't even eat, like, amino acid-based food, uh, so they would immediately die off. Everyone else would be fighting for supplies and rations, and well, I mean, everyone would be fucked, basically. I know people that don't eat amino acid-based food. You know amino acids in a Twinkie. Are you sure? Pretty sure. No, but I mean, like, they be, they're, like, levo-based organisms. So what do you think Twinkies are made of? Cardboard. That's why they're, they're delicious. They're made of what-based what organisms? What did you say? Levo. What was that word? Levo? Levo. Is that a science thing? I think so. If not, they did a they went out of their way by a significant amount to make it a thing. But, and this, this whole system was that the ending, the last maybe 20 minutes of the game... Uh, wasn't necessarily a literal interpretation of what happened because Mass Effect 3 ends uh, where you're all assaulting this beam to get up to the Citadel in order to um, dock with this big super weapon to try and destroy the Reaper threat once and for all. Mm -hmm. And 
What happens in Mass Effect 3 is one of the Reapers comes down, uh, Harbinger, who's one of the main ones, and literally uses the beam that destroys ships, but it hits you with it, which would have obliterated you entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hits you with this beam, screen plates back, screen comes back up, and the environment's a little different. And, you know, you go up to the beam and characters that are there that should physically not be there are there. And you have this long back and forth conversation between them. And the theory was that Shepard, your character, was hit by that beam at that point and was on the ground dying. And everything that happens after that is happening internally. So when he wakes up, you're surrounded in... It's not the same environment. You're in a field that has almost... It's this very bleak, dreary-looking thing that has a bunch of trees... There are leaves falling, and it's very reminiscent to the um, the dreams that you were having earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. It was a mental state of Shepard, and you can see throughout those dreams that his mental state is, or her mental state, was slowly deteriorating throughout the course of the game. Like, the pressure of trying to save the universe is making him crack, or her crack. And it brings you back to that environment. Right. Uh, it shows, again, characters are up there. And they're both two different sides of the same argument. You mm-hmm. should do this. No, you should do this. And that was basically him trying to keep that human aspect of himself alive. Because the Reapers were this ancient machine race that would take these species and put them through this process called indoctrination. And if you're around an artifact of theirs for too long, you would start to hold these machines in almost a state of reverence. And you'd kind of become like their slave to that. It's like a horcrux. Yeah, basically. Um... It's a Harry Potter thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's nothing like a Horcrux. Oh. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I didn't like those movies that much. Um, but so, but so you have this thing, and throughout the course of the games, Shepard was around a lot of these artifacts, and you see people with him suffer mm-hmm. in that. You see them become indoctrinated, but Shepard never was for some reason. And throughout the course of Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, there are echoes of certain things, noises that only Shepard can hear that people aren't aware of, arguments that Shepard has with certain characters that either don't exist or exist for different reasons. So it argues that throughout the course of the games, you see Shepard becoming indoctrinated to, at the end, the decision that he finally makes is whether or not he can control himself or whether the Reapers will have succeeded in their indoctrination. That was always a big interesting theory. It was refuted again by the extended cut, but if you are a fan of Mass Effect and don't know what I'm talking about for some reason, go look it up. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about Horcruxes. It's all about hor- Horcruxes. That sounds like a, a crucifix for someone, you know... For a whore? For, yeah, committing adultery. Yeah. Is that what that is? It's like, you know, when um, the girl in The Exorcist uses the cross to masturbate. Uh, I feel like that'd be imagery that would stick out in my mind prominently. But well, you don't not. really see it. It's like under the covers, and she's like, fuck me, Jesus, fuck me, Jesus, fuck me, Jesus. You remember that? It's a very famous scene in the movie. I've seen that film a long time ago, which means I need to go watch that again. Not because I'm into that, but because I can't remember this, and I feel like this is something that I would remember. You're going to masturbate with a crucifix? Uh, it'd be painful. Exactly. Be. The Pope is outside my window now. <laughs> yeah, every every <laughs> that's a weird segue. Every month there is um, they you, put up a giant like the, the a MSG. big painting. Yeah. yeah, basically on the building opposite mine, 
And for the past 18 months I've lived here, it's always been some Cadillac. Mm. No exception. It's always been a Cadillac. Now, they just redid it. It is the Pope. And the Pope is waving at me through my window. Who's it advertising? He's going to be in Central Park soon. He's going to be in Madison Square Garden giving a sermon. Um, oh. And that's what it's advertising. But, I read about that. He's also going to be in Central Park. And, They're not far. And it's really weird like waking up every morning and looking at the Pope. Just saying. Don't need to see him looking at me sleep. Why? It's kind of creepy. It's because you're a young boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's what I'm alluding to. Anyways, um, we didn't cover this last time we were here because it happened. Um, we covered the story itself, but more news has surfaced. General Zod, the biggest troll in the media industry right now. I thought you were talking about that as a fan theory. Is there actual news? Yes. Well, I mean, Michael Shannon was stating that a couple weeks ago that he had flippers in mm-hmm. uh, Batman 5 Superman. Now, I think, well, I was like, it, he, I, I didn't think it was literally flippers. If he had something on his hands, I'm thinking, like, well, maybe it's like a, uh, uh, like a green screen prosthesis thing. I'm still hoping for a hashtag zombie dolphin zod in mm-hmm. hashtag Aquaman. But... No, uh, he came out recently and said, oh, no, it's just a thing I made up. I thought the, I, you know, it's weird how the entertainment industry just swallows up every tidbit of news. So I thought I'd just mess with people and release them this. I didn't even film anything for Batman 5 Superman, which is really weird because I'm in the trailer. In the trailer. <laughs> yeah, um, which I think of this going one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Either A, Michael Shannon's really just fucking with us. And it's hilarious because everyone fell for it because we believed him. We trusted him. Rock steady. Um, and then he he subsequently took our trust and crushed it in his hands like Zod would. And his or, flippers. Or, and his flippers. Or B, this is actually legitimately a thing and that Michael Shannon, like Jeremy Renner, gives no fucks about interviews. Mm-hmm. Um and now Zack Snyder is on him going like, you weren't supposed to tell anyone about that. Like, we're trying to keep that under wraps. Just say that it was a joke. So, and, and I mean, it's it's not hard for me to imagine that Batman 5 Superman would be going into damage control again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the past two years of that production. Mm. I don't... Look, I don't know whether it's a lie, whether it's not... Uh, I don't think that going out and saying, oh, no, just kidding, would be the way to go about that if it was a thing in the movie. Um, especially if it's flippers, but it's not fucking flippers. It's like, this doesn't even make sense. Hashtag zombie dolphins on. Doomsday things on his hands. Probably. But He's just going to be wearing Hulk hands. Yeah. So I don't know. I have no opinion on it. I uh, I don't know what to think there. Don't really care. Um, General Zod is dead. Did not once say Neil before Zod. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about last week They uh, because we forgot entirely, but they unveiled the teams for Civil War. Oh, uh, right. Which was not necessarily all that surprising. Mm-hmm. The point of, by the way, shots everyone. The point of contention I have is, Vision is involved at all. 
because that feels just kind of unfair. Whose side is he on? Iron Man's. I heard something about... Fucking things. Yeah, take that, medical staff. Um... Feels like it's getting louder now. Like, what'd you say? <laughs> Park out front of the New Yorker. You T- crank outside. that shit up. Come at me, bro. Um, I had heard that they are doing the Superhero Registration Act. Really? I had heard otherwise. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't remember what source it was, but they said they were doing a permutation on that. I'm like... That doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, well, they were talking about specifically, not necessarily the superhero registration, but Spider-Man showing his identity. And I'm like, A, I don't think that's true because the film was almost wrapped and then they had to go back and do Spider-Man shit, right? No, they were filming Spider-Man things simultaneously, and that's why they had all three actors who were prospected to play Spider-Man on set, because they were uh, testing them all. The idea is that they kind of put him in. I'm not going to say that they shoehorned him in. They probably found, like, a a decent way to put him in, but I don't think it's going to be, like, a Spider-Man-centric film. No. But the idea that they would take Spider-Man, whom, yes, we as the audience know, yeah, but nobody in that universe knows... They're like, oh, we're going to take off his mask. This doesn't have any fucking dramatic impact. I'm like, if they do that, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, from what I heard, it was about, uh, there was a superhero. Granted, he would be the only masked crime fighter in the entire fucking Marvel Universe. God, I really want to see Matt Murdock somewhere. Fucking show us Matt Murdock somewhere in that movie. Mm -hmm. But, um... But no, I was I was imagine well what I had heard was the production story uh, was that the Avengers respond to some form of incident and they cause a massive amount of collateral damage. Now it's called every was, movie that they've yeah, it's called every movie that they've been in. But I was imagining well you don't have to have a new event just you know reference Wakanda in the last movie and that kind of gives you we're setting it up. I mean, yeah, with and the it gives fight. you to segue to Black Panther and it validates Black Panther being in civil war, but um. But no, and this whole act was to get the superheroes under this jurisdiction that the government would control them and when and where it would necessitate their action. Uh, mm. Which I can imagine Ultron siding with as well as Iron Man. Because basically every Iron Man and Avengers movie so far um, has been about Tony Stark fucking something up and the Avengers having to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially with uh, Age of Ultron. It's, it's Tony Stark is the biggest most, villain. Just, yeah, he's yeah. The, the greatest villain in the MCU. Yeah, um, and I can imagine, like, you know, Vision being like, yeah, Mr. Stark fucked up, so let's go and, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have this. And Steve Rogers is, of course, like, um, no, that's not Merkin. This, not, this isn't how we do things, Merka. Merka, we give people flamethrowers. Did you hear about that one, by the way? No. No, there are two uh, consumer-based companies manufacturing flamethrowers for public usage. Well, good. There is a $900 one and a $1,600 one, and the $1,600 one fires napalm. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama, yeah. Um, but no. Oddly enough, some news surfaced uh, yesterday, I believe, about Chris Evans. Um, he said he'd be up to doing however many movies with Marvel that Marvel wanted him to do. Yeah, so would I. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, How they're gonna conquer the world. Paid? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he said like um, that he regretted being tentative about taking the role of the first Avenger, 
in that film, but he was glad that he did. Because I think it was last year where he was dating, around the time Snowpiercer was, was coming out. He was in a superhero movie and it sucked, so. Yeah, that's fair enough. Then but, he was in another superhero movie and also come out of bro fucking suck (laughs) then he was in another one that was really good so but um but no because i remember when snowpiercer was coming out he was talking about leaving acting altogether and i saw snowpiercer i'm like please don't yeah yeah um snowpiercer it was good it was great yeah it was really good did he pierce the snow well it was the train his dick well no he pierced he pierced a train with his dick yeah, it was very painful for him. He ran a train it, on a train? It's what happened in someone's character arc. Like, that was the second act of their character arc. There was a struggling part. They, they he shattered his dick on the cold seal of the train. And the third act was him, oh, like you know. his dick froze and then it shattered. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it was. It's hard to shatter a dick. You sure? Have you tried? I mean, no. Fine. <laughs> 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 But no, so after this new service, Chris Evans stated, he'd be up to doing however many Captain America movies Marvel wanted. Yeah. Which I'm sure really pissed off Anthony Mackie. Or what's his name that plays the Winter Soldier? Either of them are up for the Captain America mantle at this point. It'd be weird if they... Has that ever happened in the comics? What? To bring Bucky back as Captain America? Yeah. Okay, so whatever. immediately what happened following Civil War. I didn't read after Civil War. I don't follow Marvel. Yeah. Fuck Marvel Comics. They all look the same. Um, That's Several racist. other movies. Yeah, I can't tell a Marvel apart. They all look the same to me. Yeah. By the way, the reason why we're not covering movies this week is because the only movie that came out this past week was Transporter Rebooted, which is what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, that Jason Statham movie minus Jason Statham. Did you see, um... Did you know that movie was actually supposed to be the fourth film in that franchise, but Jason Statham turned it down, so they made it a reboot instead? What is it with fucking Jason Statham movies getting remade all of a sudden without Jason Statham? I don't know, what was it? What, there was another one? Wasn't he... Uh, no, I'm thinking of uh, something else. I was thinking it was Hitman. Who was the original Hitman? Uh, Timothy Oliphant. Okay, so that's technically not uh, Jason Statham. It's... No, it's literally, there's no account in what it, it, it would be, Jason Statham, just because he's bald, is that what you're saying? I never saw those movies. I am confused. Bald people, they all look the same to me. <laughs> I know, um, you're going to say movie news. Yeah, it's not really, it's, did you, like, uh, Max Landis has been, like, a Twitter feud with uh, Red Letter Media. A very one-sided Twitter feud. <laughs> They've only said one thing. Why, what happened? Because, um, did you see their review for uh, American Ultra? Uh, no, I didn't. Why would they say? Did they like it? They didn't like it at all. Oh. All Well, no, they kind of felt the same way we did. It it wasn't a good movie. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, But... Red Letter Media, again, taking our content. Yeah. They they steal from us frequently. Um, We're going to confront you guys eventually. You're going to have a one-sided Twitter battle. Yeah, when we have as much Twitter followers as you do. Well, so, anyway, like, what had happened I've only was, got a couple million to go. Do you follow Max Landis? Do you know who that is? Uh, I, I found out that I follow him on Did Twitter you? and had no idea who he was. Um, he had a rant about American Ultra. Actually, it was, a very, it was like a newsworthy rant. It was in actual old media publications. He's um, the writer of American Ultra and Chronicle, Chronicle and other stuff. Um, oh, God. He, uh... Oh, God. 
What? I'm looking at his repertoire. Anyway, he's John Landis's son. Um, John Landis, of course, one of the most fucking famous screenwriters in Hollywood history. An American Werewolf in Paris, and other things. <laughs> he directed the slap. Like the show? The show, the slap. Max Landis. Max Landis. He directed it. Yeah, he has six. Dire- he has six directorial credits. Um, the slap is one of them. Anyway, he like posted like a rant online about uh, American Ultra opening behind. A, and he was uh, Ghost Rider in Blues Brothers two thousand. Ghost Rider was in that. Yeah, I guess. Um, he uh, he went on a rant saying like uh, it's shitty that uh, American Ultra was like last place in the box office or something. No, that's um, We Are Your Friends. Well, whatever. It's now behind... In this past weekend, I don't know if it's like the Zac Efron movie about being a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, this past weekend, it opened lower than Jurassic World. Well, that was this weekend. American Ultra came out weeks ago. Yeah, but Jurassic World has been out for three months. Yeah, and it's also terrible. Yeah. We were um, talking about... We'll, we'll come back to that. Anyways, continue. Max Landis. Usually we're going to get to this fucking point. <laughs> Just posted a rant one after the other. Apparently, he does this frequently, um, talking about how he he didn't come off. Well, I read the tweets and stuff. I was like, I don't think he came off as particularly bitchy. He made a lot of good points. He was like, the movie wasn't reviewed that awfully. Um, it had like mixed reviews. I think it has it like a six on Rotten Tomatoes. It it was an originalish premise. Well, <laughs> originalish, but it wasn't based on a franchise. It's not a an uh, IP um, and uh, you know it was fine and it opened dead last and he was just like well it kind of sucks that you can't open a uh, that you have to make sequels and shit that was his point and the red letter media guys I don't they fucking ripped him a new asshole like I was like, it was kind of uncalled. It was funny as hell, but I was like, why are you so mad at him? But they were comparing him, um, the the whole thing, to Josh Trank and his tweet thing. He didn't go off on a Twitter rampage. He posted one tweet. And then deleted it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm actually kind of more on Landis' side in this argument, where I'm like, I didn't like the movie. I'm fine with that. And I did. It does come off as a little bit whiny because it's his movie, but he makes a very valid point. I'm like, I'm fucking sick of this sequel superhero garbage bullshit. Fucking release a new movie. Make it good. There's, there's the caveat there. <laughs> that's, but, that's, that's the, that's but, the stipulation. You know, fucking just do something else, Hollywood. But And that's usually their opinion, too. They Like, whenever they review superhero movies, um, they, they're just, like, sick of it. Like, they've said on multiple occasions, like, they're sick of this trend. They can't wait till it gets to the carrying capacity and it resets the way that... Uh, um, 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 police academy. I don't know. It's a funny review. Max Landis is kind of a douche. I've seen him in interviews. He comes off kind of douchey, but I thought he made not like point. Miles Teller douchey. No, nah, different kind of douchey. He's like very ostentatious. He's funny. He's fine. He's okay. Um, he did a thing on Superman. That's that's actually how I ended up following him. He like had this rant on Superman. 
uh, on YouTube. I had no idea he was a screenwriter, let alone like a semi-famous one. Uh, he did. That was actually that's one of his credits on IMDb. The Superman thing. Yeah, the Death of Superman. I think is what it's called. Not the Death of Superman lives, but it's called the Death of Superman. Yeah. Ah, uh, it was funny. Anyway, uh, I think that that'll do it for this week. Do you have anything else? Uh. No, not that I can Speak your piece. Still have three more months until Star Wars The Force Awakens. Last week it was four months. So you can't tell time very well. I cannot. I can't do math. I cannot math the things. How does I math? How does I math? All right. Well, I'm Tyler Pino. I'm Michael Holler. Get out of my house. Thank you.